Hi everyone and thank you for downloading this League 2 Season Preview Edition of the Brunton Bugle. Just before we start, as you can see this is a bumper long two hour episode so you might want to consider either going on a very long walk with the dog or breaking it up into a few distances to make it a bit easier. There was a few issues with the sound quality and levels in this recording so you might find it goes a bit funny in places but it should still all be audible and fine to listen to. A big thank you once again to the Cal United Supporters Club at London Branch, who are one of our podcast sponsors this season. London Branch is open to members living anywhere, not just London, so you can join if you live in Berlin, in New York, in you know, Cockermouth, anywhere like that. And they help to keep exiles in touch with all things Cal United, as well as organising some great social events and trips to away games. You can find out more about London Branch on their website at www.carlalondonbranch.org. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Here we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. You'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United. Carlisle United, the team that's on the ball. Hello everyone, it's that time again. Yes, it's the Brunton Bugle pre-season, or sorry, pre-season really, it's a season preview episode where we look ahead to the campaign and see how we think the teams in League 2 are going to get on this season. Um, I'm joined by both my co-hosts today, by Dan McLennan and Mike Booth. Lads, how's it going? Not bad. Yeah, it's going good. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, making some predictions that um, later get laughed at as the season goes on yet again. So. Yes, it's inevitable, isn't it, really? Some of the predictions... I can't even remember some of the predictions we made last season, but uh, yeah, let's suffice to say they weren't great. I think the only one we all got right was Southend going down. <laughs> that was I, it, I think. I, I think I suggested Scunthorpe would struggle. You did, actually. To be, and in fact, I think yeah. you did, but you changed your mind, didn't you? I think you, or maybe you taught mm. me how. I can't remember anyway, but... But yeah, it's fairly accurate as it turned out, wasn't it? But um, but there you go. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each team by team. Basically, we've given each of each of us a club, all except Cal United, of course. We don't bother with that one. We do that one at the end together. Um, and basically, we're just going to go through some of the key things in terms of who players they brought in, who their manager is, and how they got on last season, how they've got on in pre-season, how we think they're going to get on really generally. Um, and then at the end, we've got a few predictions we'll throw in as well, which of course, as Mike says, will probably make us look a bit stupid come next summer. Uh, but there you go. Um, well, let's get straight into it then, lads. Uh, so, first club up, we're going alphabetical order. Here's the top of the pile. It's probably the only time they will be top of the pile. Way all season. <laughs> it's Barrow. So, Dan, you're first up. Uh, you're going to cover Barrow. So, take it away. Barrow with uh, Lancashire Postcode and Manchester <laughs> Training Base. Cheshire Training Base. Let's be fair here. No, no, they're going to Manchester. Are they? I thought they were in Nutsford. No, apparently they've moved somewhere near Manchester. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh, summer signings. Uh, well, basically, it's a who's who of ex Carlisle players in, <laughs> in the main. Uh, obviously, Zanzala Farman, uh, Tom White, who was on YTS here, and Mark Ellis. Mm. Uh, they haven't. They released a few, but no one, no one really stand out. I don't think you know just. 
I think it was sort of the uh, the chaff of the squad. You definitely say they've strengthened, wouldn't you, when you look at this squad compared to last season? Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, there's they've got quite an old squad from what I can see. Um, just pulling up the one, the, I think the fourth oldest according to transfer marks. So yeah, they're obviously sort of going down the tried and tested sort of experienced mm-hmm. route. Uh, They'll have been happy last season. They stayed up. Uh, took to quite close to the end of the season, but they had they had just enough. Uh, South End sort of hit their wind just that little bit too late. Yeah. Uh, I've not really looked at the pre-season because whenever I see BBC Cumbria tweet about them, I generally ignore it. <laughs> but but uh, I think I, I think it's going to be much of a muchness for them. Uh, Mark Cooper's manager now, isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. Uh, good manager, possibly. But I just... Uh, there's something about Barrow, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because it's Barrow. There's just... They, they just seem to sort of go through managers a bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I've got, got to say for Mark Cooper, he's got some sad news this week. I think his dad died, didn't he, I think, the other day. so Yes, correct, not, Teddy. Yeah, not not a great start for him, obviously, this season, no. not in terms of football, but... You know that's going to possibly affect him, which is quite sad. And if we, if we just focus back on in terms of who they've brought in, Farman for me stands out as the key one for them because yeah. we saw how good he was. And having a good goalkeeper at this level can make a massive difference, really, to your yeah. team. And you know, we we were sad to see him go. We we all agreed. You know, he was a good player, and it's it's one of those things. They've offered him a two year deal. We've probably only offered a one. Um, yeah, I know mean, Ellis as well at the back as well. Look, I know, I know he sits, tends to to bounce between League 2 and League and the National League, doesn't he, with his signings and the way he goes. But he's a good player as well. Um, I, I've always liked Josh Gordon from Walsall. You know, it, yeah, I, I think, that, that, that was a decent signing. Yeah, I, I think they've strengthened fairly well. They've lost quite a few, not brought in as many. So know, in terms of the squad looking maybe a little bit thin, would you say, Dan? I would, I'm, I'm just looking through here. I would say they're quite similar to ourselves in the if everyone's fit, the first 11 isn't that bad. Mm. With a couple on the bench as well, but once two or three injuries and suspensions come in, they might just look slightly light. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think that they'll be looking to consolidate. Yeah, that's, and, that's got to be the aim for them. Yeah. Really. I, think if, I think if they finish sort of around 12-14, that area... They'd be more than happy, you know. I mean, it's uh, it's second year syndrome sort of thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. similar in the way to what happened with um, Leighton Orient, wasn't it? And when they came from the national league, they yeah, they finished seventeenth yeah. for the first season, eleventh for the next. That's the aim to make yeah, that yeah, six or seven yeah. places jump up for them. Yeah. So yeah. I think we sort of a new agreement. I, I don't think they'll be down near the bottom. I think they've got too much quality in that squad. It's having the fans back there as well. I'd imagine you know Holker Street's going to be a place that not many teams are going to like to go to, and if. You know the fans are excited about the fact that it's the first season, actually getting to watch the team again. Yeah, we'll probably like, make a ruckus. Like we've mentioned, with Farman being there and his thunderous kicks in in a in a in a busy Holker <sighs> Street up against that Irish Sea Gale you, as well. Yeah, you'll, 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 you 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 know, there's a few away teams will feel it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I we feel they've got a few. They've got a few players that can play football as well. You know, we're saying that it's going to be a, a tough place to go, but I, th- I, th- I think they've got a decent mix of sort of brutes for the tough games and yeah, actual yeah. footballers for the other games. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think. How do you think Zanzel will get on there? Well, he got injured the other day, apparently. Oh, did he? Yeah, I don't know how serious, but apparently he didn't last too long. Oh, that's that's. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, I've, I reckon sort of mid-table, and you're probably looking at they're going to lean on Mark Ellis, aren't they? So he's probably going to be the key man. Oh, you're going for Mark Ellis as the key man? Surprise! Yeah. I wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have had that. Uh, in terms of the betting well, odds. <laughs> there you go. Um, betting odds. The best you can get is sixty-six to one on a uh, boil sports. Uh, my advice: keep your money in your pocket. They're not going to be champion. <laughs> Little piece of advice: if you put ten pound on Barrow to win the league, <laughs> you lose ten pounds. <laughs> exactly. It's the old joke, isn't it? But there you go. Um, thanks for that one, Dan. Okay, so next up, it's me. I've got Bradford City. Um, they're an interesting one, Bradford, aren't they? Because they are a big club in this level. I think we'd all agree with that in terms mm. of the fan base they've got and the history but last season I don't think any of us really thought they'd do that well but I don't I think did. any of us I don't, well yeah you're the exception there I think <laughs> aren't you? I, I might as well actually to be fair I can't remember but I don't think anyone thought they would be in a relegation battle did we? No I didn't anticipate not. they'd be down near the bottom and they had a legendary manager there obviously in Stuart McCall players for them he was you know probably one of their greatest ever in terms of popularity didn't really work out. He was obviously sacked at Christmas. They brought in the two lads from the youth team who did really well. And then they gave him a two-year deal, didn't they? And I always thought, getting a bit heady cells there. Because you, you do sometimes find those people who come up who haven't really got much playing experience and do well at first. When things start to go wrong, that's when they struggle, isn't it? And mm. that, that's what happened. They, they picked up one point from the last, you know, possible 21. And that's why they ended up getting rid of them. And, they brought in Derek Adams as manager and there's a man who knows how to get promotion at a club, isn't there? Throughout his career, I mean, you, you'll know Dan from his time up in Scotland as well, you follow the Scottish League as well. He was, he's a legend at Ross County, isn't he, in terms of yeah, what he did yeah, there? Yeah. And at Plymouth, he did a good job and I mean, what can we say about the job he did at Morecambe last season? Well, Absolutely yeah. incredible. Isn't it? On probably the, the smallest budget in the EFL, you'd say. And they managed to get them up in, in you know, trying times as well with COVID and things like that. I think he's genuinely a really good appointment by them. What I would say is he doesn't particularly like big voices in his dressing room, does he? He, We saw what happened with him, Kevin Ellison and Morecambe. And Ellison's a legendary player at Morecambe. And he was quite happy to fall out with him and kick off, wasn't he? And we saw what happened when they played each other last season. Obviously, Adam's got the last laugh in terms of that. Um, but I think it was sort of known, wasn't it? Even going into those playoff semis with, with Morecambe that he was going to Bradford. It wasn't publicly said by anyone but essentially we all knew he was going to be going there so that's just the way that one went um so yeah in terms of summit signings um Adams has, has got an interesting way about it someone I know was mentioning to me and they said it strikes me that he seems to think he's still in charge of Morecambe <laughs> the way he's signing plays he's he's not really gone for big names but mm. Andy Cook's the one that Obviously, we're going to focus on because he's ex-Carlisle. Um, he's not got the most exciting record at EFL level, has he? He's he's done okay at Walsall and okay at Mansfield. Um, did all right, actually, at Bradford last season when he went there on loan. Eight goals in 21 games. But he's, he's what, 31 in October now. This is mm. probably his, his last big chance to show you can really do it at EFL level, isn't it? Because his, his record in non-league is unreal. He's, mm. you know, goal every other game, basically. So he's he's basically the main man there now. They lost Danny Rowe. He went back to Chesterfield for good money. Um, mm. So he's the one I think to look out for. In terms of other signings, Jan Sonogo, you know, he, he's he been 
all four clubs that Derek Adams has managed. So he's someone he knows he can rely on. Um, Alex Gilead, obviously another ex-Blue there. It's his third mm. spell with them. He's one of the few players who actually did all right at Scunthorpe last season. And another player that um, Adams knows and trusts, Oscar Frelkeld. I mean, I think right back was a bit of a problem position last season for Bradford. So bringing him in definitely make a difference. And the squad looks solid. I mean, you've got Niall Canova came in in January from Plymouth and he's a good performer. We all know what Elliot Watt can do. I think, I don't know what you guys think, but I think what maybe struggles a bit in the rough and tumble, doesn't he? I don't think he likes the mm. physical side. I, 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 I think definitely. we've said before, he's one of them who would probably suit League One better than League Absolutely. Two, haven't we? Mm. Absolutely. And you, you, we all know he's got quality on the ball and his set pieces are, you know, up there with Callum Guys, really, in terms of quality. So, overall, I think it looks a pretty solid squad. Not many standout star players, but I think that's what Adams likes. I yeah, think he likes a, a tight-knitted one, doesn't he? He's, he's quite a direct manager, Adams. There's... Mm. Don't get us wrong, his teams can put it down and play, but I think they're set up very, very solid. And mm. when when you look through through the squad that he's building at Bradford, you know you've got you've got Cook and Angle up front who are yeah. big, big lads. Yeah. You know, Powdy O'Connor knows what he's doing at the back. He's a nasty piece of work, isn't he? Yeah, and you've got uh, Niall Canavan beside him. Jan Songo will probably sit in front of them. You know, yeah. and that's that's a spine of a team, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so, I I can really see them going for the playoffs. I I'm not sure they've quite got enough to get into the top three, but they've definitely well, got enough for the playoffs. I mean, for me, they're one of them teams, and there's quite a few teams that are put in this category. And that, when I was looking at the odds for the uh, like top scorer at the end of the season, there's a lot of proven goal scorers in the league this season, and mm. I think their season will be made or or broken by if Andy Cook's getting the goals. If he's not getting the goals, they might not. And there's so many other teams that I'd have in that category with them as well. It's a lot of pressure on Cook's shoulders, really. But as well as that, I didn't mention them before, but obviously Charles Vernon was excellent for Grimsby a couple of seasons ago at this level. Didn't quite work out for him at Burton, but you'd imagine he's one who wants to show what he can do at this level again mm. and hopefully can do this season. Like I said, I, I, can, I can just see them being in the in the playoffs, really. And you know, they've, they've done pretty well in... Pre-season, they've won six out of seven friendlies, including victories over Accrington and Doncaster, both League One sides. The only defeat was actually against Chesterfield, but I think they're quite well fancied in the National League. They've thrown a bit of money in it, like a few clubs down there. So, um, yeah, one thing to note from them this season, they're going to be wearing a white home kit. It's basically to mark 40 years since their uh, third-tier promotion season in 81-82. Um, so they're going to wear a white home kit with sort of golden maroon trim and their usual sort of um, golden maroon home kit is actually going to be their away kit for this season. So that just uh, goes to show you, Carl United, you can wear different home kits. It's possible. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I still Boo, think we, we should have wore blue and white hoops this season to mark 60 years since our first promotion. But, but let, let's not get onto that one, shall we, Dan? Because we could talk all day about uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, there you go. Um, right, who's up next? I think it's you, Mike, isn't it? I think it's yeah. your first one next. So your first one is Bristol Rovers, a team I think a lot of people fancy, don't they, this season? Yeah, they do. And the one for me, they really could go either way. I mean, I had them penned down. A lot of people were fancying them. And I had them sort of penned down as I don't actually think they're going to do that good. And mm. then they signed Brett Pittman the other day, who, again, I'd have them in that category with Bradford, where if he's scoring the goals, they're obviously going to do well. But they've signed 13 players altogether which I don't think any other team in this league has. Yeah, uh, obviously, Nick Anderton uh, from us as well. Um, 
Aaron Collins from Forest Green. That is um, a good signing. Yeah, uh, Harry Anderson from Lincoln, uh, Paul Coots from Fleetwood, another good player. Harvey um, Saunders from Fleetwood's one that we really fancied, didn't we? And he's, he's gone there. Yeah, and another one is uh, Trevor Clark, the left back who he went to Rotherham from Ireland a few years ago for an undisclosed fee. I think it was um, six figures. Um, he's, he's a five foot five left back, and he was expected to be Rotherham's first choice left back in the Championship, <laughs> and he got injured. And then he sort of wound up um, at Bristol Rovers now. So I think he is probably going to be their first choice left back ahead of Anderton because they've paid money for him as well. So, um, yeah, and they've signed uh, Mark Hughes, the centre-back from Accrington. He's a good um, player. And he, he, ter- he turned down a new deal from Accrington to sign mm-hmm. for Bristol Rovers as well. So they're certainly um, not going at it half-heartedly, are they? So... I mean, let, let, yeah. let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. I was manager. just about to say <laughs> yeah. the very same words. Why, why are you yeah. avoiding talking about it, Mike? We all want to know what... what, what uh, well, l- legally, let's not talk into too much yeah. about what he's been up to, because he's been a... Yeah. Yeah, let's just leave it at that, probably, really. But. Well, you know, Clint, he... Clint, Clint Till's been on media duties for a week. <laughs> yeah. That tells you all you need to know. Um, the man in question, Joey Barton, obviously, he's, uh, he's, got a tr- he's on trial in December. Mm. Uh, so... You know, things like that off the pitch could maybe be a little bit of a distraction as well. Uh, the fact that he's got two court cases as well ongoing, it's just, it, that, yeah. that for me, that, that, that would concern me. I mean, he's not done too bad as a manager though at Fleetwood. He did an okay job, didn't he? I mean, seemed to fall out a little bit maybe with the board at the end. But He was well mm-hmm. backed though, wasn't he? He was well backed, he was. But I think he's but, well thought of as a coach, I think. But just, as well, he, he inherited John Sheridan's team, which were doing very well. And I remember John Sheridan mm. was quite hard done by when he got sat there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, the, like I said, the, just one of them teams that really could go either way this season. They really are. Um, pre-season, they've played Melksham Town and drew 1-1. Everyone seems to be playing them. I've got two teams that play them as well. They've had a great pre-season motion time. Yeah. Absolutely uh, loving it. Haven't and Waterloo, who they also drew with, uh, 0-0. Uh, Plymouth, who they drew with, 1-1, which is, I suppose is a reasonable result. And uh, Oxford United, which who they actually beat 3-2. And that was uh, Brett Pittman's first game and he scored a brace in that one. So It's his former club. I think he played them. Oxford for a while, didn't he, I think? Yeah. I seem to remember. I mean, they were 11-1, second favourites. That's the best odds you can get with them uh, mm. on various people. Bet365, Skybet, all kinds. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think it, it's, it's re- as much as they are second rate, I think it's massively in the balance to whether they can click with so many players coming in and whether mm. the off-the-field issues with their manager come back to haunt them, potentially. Mm. I mean, maybe exactly. Clint Hill might end up proving to be a good <laughs> coach for them, possibly. You mm. never know. It's one of those mm. ones, isn't it? Uh, Dan, I don't know your thoughts on are on them. Uh, like we say, I mean, you look at the the quality of some of the players they're signing, they should be in the mix, but the off-field is, in some way or form, it is going to affect them, I would think, so it's really hard to say with them, eh? It's worth noting as well that last season, they obviously, they did finish rock bottom of League One, and they were absolutely awful, so... Mm. You know, they they obviously needed to make those new signings. Um, 
But yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see where they go. I think they've got fairly rich owners as well, haven't they? I think as a, mm. a Middle Eastern guy, I think, and he's mm. got big ambitions for them. But it's obviously it's a challenge for him because Bristol City have done so well in recent years mm. to mm. to actually do well. So so yeah, we're we're touching go on those guys. I think it's fair to say. Uh, okay, mm. up next we skip Carl United. Obviously, we do that at the end. Uh, next is Colchester United. And that's you, Dan. Our, our opening day opponents. Yeah, uh, they were starting to struggle last season. Then uh, mm. Mullins and Tisdale sort of came just before Easter, I think it was. Mm. And they they got enough points to stay up in the end. Uh, they probably enjoyed Southend going down, being their local rivals. Uh, Mullins has got the job permanently. Uh, I'm just reading, I've just got one of the... Uh, one of the previews upon them, and it says talented keeper Shamal George. He did well there last season. I mean, I know yeah, he had a shaky spell yeah. with us, but yeah. I think he enjoyed the game against us in particular because he had a blinder that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, but they're a club, aren't they? That they've been well backed by the owner. They've got big debts, but it's not debts to worry about because they're basically all owned to the owner, and he yeah, has no yeah. intention of recalling them. Yeah. But in, he sort of pulled back in terms of investing in. Well, first team base, and he's sort of focusing on the youth, hasn't he? In recent they were, years, they were one of the they were one of the first teams to say that like, certain players are getting released. We can't afford them. Hmm. Last season, you know, and yeah. Then you look at some of the players have signed. I mean, they've absolutely raided Ipswich. Hmm. I think they took four players from Ipswich, and they're all quite well known names. You know, Freddie Sears, Alan Judge, Cole Scoose, Luke well, Sears has been there before, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and. You know, there's some, there's some solid, solid names in there. And yet, but, they're, they're at something like 13, 14 favourites. Yeah, mm. it's, they're a strange one. They're the sort of team, similar to Barrow, that if the first 11's all fit and playing, I think they'll be quite decent. But, again, a couple of injuries, a couple of uh, suspensions, etc., I don't think they've got the biggest of squads either. I'm just looking on transfer marks. I think the squad size is only 19 officially. Yeah. But I think they rely a lot on their under 23, so there might be a few yeah, players who yeah. potentially come through and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, But no, I've one of them teams, if, if everyone's fit and playing, they'll, they'll have some decent results. But if they lose a couple of them, it could be a bit... Uh, Do you think they'll improve on their 20th finish? A little bit, yeah. I, w- I would think with the likes of Judge and that, you know. Yeah. yeah. You, you, would, you would hope so, because, you know, I mean, I know Scoose is getting on his 35, I think. Mm. Ju- uh, Judge was Ju- the one, wasn't he, who um, got in trouble with the referee last season, wasn't he, I think? Yes, yes. He was a naughty boy, I seem to remember that yeah. one. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, no, they, 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 should, they should be similar to Barrow, I would say, for me. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, let's move on to the next one, Crawley Town. I picked this one for you, Mike. Because I know you, how much you love Crawley. You love yeah. the, the world's biggest Gregs that we saw yeah. there. We don't actually know if it's the world's biggest Gregs, but it, it appeared to be. It was absolutely yeah, massive. Definitely. This is anyone who's a regular listener will know. Me and Mike went down to Crawley a few years ago so we could take it off as a ground. It was, it was our, one of our, our penultimate game in League One, wasn't it? What, well, yeah. did I not go like? You, so you went as well. You were already down there, weren't you? Yeah. But well, there you go. And it was, uh, yeah, it finished nil-nil. It was one of the worst games ever and. You you were staying down there, Mike, and I think you were too, Dan. And I had to get a bus back to Liverpool. Got back at seven in the morning in time for, to start work at eight. That was not a pleasant day, put it that way. But there you go. So I, go think, on, Mike. I think I was on the sleeper train back that night. You actually, you would have been actually back to Carl's. You would have had a yeah. nice night's sleep. I had some 
psychopath murderer probably sat next to me on the <laughs> National Express bicycle. No, no I, I didn't go back with you for that one. I, no. I stayed in London <laughs> as, you, no. as you're clever. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Crawley, obviously, the manager, John Yems, who, uh, if you've seen some of his post, <laughs> post-match interviews, he's... he's uh, what a star. Yeah, he's uh, certainly a bit of a case, isn't he? Um, yeah, they finished twelfth uh, last season, only five points behind us. But they've made four signings this summer, um, and obviously, you know, to pick out their best one is probably Jack Payne from Eastleigh, because the other signings they signed Owen Gallagher, a twenty-two-year-old left back who's played nine games in his entire career <laughs> uh, for Burton Albion, and uh, Harry Ransom and Blondie Nanar Nukeu who don't even have Wikipedia pages. So if you haven't got a Wikipedia page, I don't have a lot of hope for you, to be honest. Do you think with Honey Ransom's through on goal, he, he likes to chip the keeper? <laughs> not, not Harry Ransom, not... It doesn't... Re- no. Not, not, not I'm, having it, I'm having it every day of the week. <laughs> oh, um, well, he, he, could, he could batter a few defences. Oh, <laughs> oh, hang on. Let me, let me give you a little drum on for that one, Dan. Yes, I'm having that. Um, yeah, you, you say they've only signed four, Mike, but they've only let six go, including reality TV star Mark Wright, who now <laughs> appears to have a job presenting on Sky Sports News, and they've got, got rid of all the actual proper journalists there. Well, was, wasn't it brilliant that when when the beat leads three nil in the cup, the only what the only, <laughs> one of only two appearances Mark Wright made, and this is absolute house <laughs> of the top level. They put him on as a sub with like five minutes to go in that mm. game because you know they were hammering leads, taking the pace, and they chuck on a towie star. Absolutely brilliant, <laughs> incredible, isn't it? Top level, mm. shit, I'm sorry. Mm. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. There you go. I was gonna, I was gonna say the pre-season they've uh, sort of not far off us really, where they've been beating teams like Walton Casuals, Hawley, and Horsham, and they beat West Ham's under twenty threes, but. They also drew against Burgess Hill Town, so what you can read from that, I don't really know. Is it not Burgess? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I think I, was, I used to live down that way, so I think it is Burgess Hill. Yeah. I mean, they, they do have a bit of experience in the team, though, don't they, Mike? I mean, mm. let, let, let's pick out the obvious one here. Danny Bullman, 42 mm. years old and still playing <laughs> the EFL. That, that's quite incredible and actually when he played against us he was one of their better players last season mm. I think it's fair to say but yeah they're, they're a weird one aren't they because I mean over the last few seasons I've always thought I've always thought they're going to struggle down near the bottom I think last season was the first season where I finally said no I'm going to stop doing this they're going to do alright and I was actually right I thought they finished mid-table basically mm. Tom Nichols was probably one of the few players who actually looked any good against us at Brunton Park though because they were awful that day they were, mm. they were basically on the beach weren't they Surprised maybe that they kept hold of him, possibly. You would maybe expect someone else coming for him. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm going to get sucked into the trap, I think, and I'm going to say bottom half because, Ooh. yeah, they're just they're, they're not doing enough for me. There's, there's a few teams who are quite clearly having a go, and there's a, a few teams, like I say, who have proven goal scorers, and they don't really. Yeah. Yeah, be be interesting to see how they do. I've, I, I have a feeling they'll be okay because I think they've got enough experience in there, mm. and, and and I think in having someone like Yems as manager, he's just someone who just does the job, and mm. they'll they'll be solid enough. I think so. Yeah. So I think we're going for sort of lower mid table, aren't we? Yeah, you? they're certainly not going to be in danger of going down, but they're just not going to be doing much for me. 
No, wouldn't expect so. Okay, well, let's move on to the next one. I think the next one's me, and it's uh, Exeter City. Um, when are they going to make the step up from being a team that's sort of the bridesmaids in the playoffs <laughs> to the team that wins promotion? I mean, out of, I think of, out of the last something like four, five seasons, I think they've been in the playoffs final three times, and they've lost in the playoff final three times. They really need to make that step up, but I think it's going to be a challenge for them this season because... They've lost a couple of key players in, um, obviously, Ryan Bowman's the obvious one, ex-United player. He's gone to Shrewsbury Town, but they've also lost Randall Williams to Hull City, and he looked a really good player as well for them. So, can they make that step up? I don't know. The key for me is they've got to keep hold of Matt Jay up front, who's been such a, a good player for them over the last few seasons. Um, and I think as well, at the back, getting Pierce Sweeney to return. I've got Pierce Sweeney down as their best signing this summer. Now, people hearing that might be thinking, hang on, he's been there for years. Yeah, he left in the summer, he turned down a contract, went to Swindon Town, what a smart move that proved to be. <laughs> he had his contract cancelled after I think about two weeks of, uh, of being there uh, and he's basically turned back up at Exeter and with his tail between his legs and they've said, go on then, you can stay. So I think having him back is a, is a big one because he's such a good, you know, good experienced campaigner because they've lost Tom Parks has obviously gone to Livingston in Scotland. And uh, Jake Taylor, I think he's gone to Stevenage. So having Sweeney back there in defence is, is a big plus for them. Because um, other than that, you look at it, they've signed Giovanni Brown from Colchester. who's a player who always seems to do okay against us, <laughs> typically. But he, he's just flattered to deceive. I think they expected big things of him at Colchester and he never quite stepped up. Um, in terms of goalkeeper, they had some issues last season, didn't they? I think they had a, didn't they have a lad on loan from Reading, the Icelandic lad, who played against them for Morecambe one week, and then had his seven day loan cancelled to go to Exeter on loan. Yeah, it was an emergency to keeper situation, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so I think they've had a few issues there. So this season they've signed uh, Scott Brown from Port Vale, who's coming in as goalkeeper coach. So they've uh, a player coach, that I should say. So they've got some backup there if they need it. But it's uh, Cameron Dawson they've got on loan from Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry. And he's someone I think a lot was expected of yeah. in a few years ago. He was an England youth international, but he's never quite kicked on. I think he's obviously had Kieran Westwood ahead of him at Sheffield well, Wednesday he, for a long period. He was keeping Westwood out of the team for a little bit when he was, Westwood yeah. had fallen out with their manager, wasn't he? So. Yeah, but he's dropped down the pecking order again. Even though mm. Westwood's gone, they basically decided to send him out on loan to get him some game time. So we'll be interested to see how he does. Uh, their coach is obviously Matt Taylor. Um, one of two Matt Taylors in charge. That, that'll be an interesting one when they play each other in the league, won't it? <laughs> uh, he's at Walsall, the other Matt Taylor. Um, yeah, he took over from Tisdale in 2018. And like I said, out of his three seasons, he's finished in the top seven once and lost in the playoff final. The other two seasons, they've, they've finished outside the top seven. It, it, he's in danger of potentially becoming one of these people who, who does okay, but just can't quite make the next step. And you do wonder if he can't do it this season, even if he's offered the chance to stay at Exeter, would it make sense for him to move on and potentially try it somewhere else? Because you, you have a real danger of stagnating, as, as Tisdale himself found out, didn't he, I think? And hence why he ended up leaving. And he's sort of bounced about, really, hasn't he, since then? So, um, yeah, so like I said, last season, they were sort of in the top seven position for much of it, but they basically ended up finishing you know, just outside the playoffs and really wasn't the campaign they were expecting, hence why the likes of Bowman and Williams moved on. Um, pre-season's been a bit hit and miss. Four wins against non-league sides, three defeats. Uh, now, they've been against Western Supermare was one of them. Bristol City what? and Shrewsbury Town. Must have had a mare there. 
I'm not. I'm not playing it for you. I'm sorry. You're not having it. You're not having the drum for that. Um, the, the one big concern for them, though, is they've lost players already, but they've also got clubs after the, some of their other young stars. Josh Key, I think Sunderland made a one million pound bid for him this week. They've turned it down, but you'd imagine they're going to go back in for him potentially. And uh, Joe Randall, Joel Randall, sorry, uh, is another one who's attracting big clubs. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really tell with them. The squad still looks fairly solid. But I have a feeling they'll just miss out on the playoffs again. I don't know. I just don't think think losing someone like Bowman and losing a couple of experienced players at the back as well. I know Parks has sort of fallen out of favour there, but I'm just not sure. I just I kind, of feel, I, I kind of feel like we've been here before with them though, where they lose yeah. a few players and you think ah oh, they're going to tail off a little bit, but they don't. They always seem to manage to keep it together. A They've bit. always got young players to come in, haven't they? They're, they're, they're yeah. basically the sort of the benchmark at this level for producing mm. young players that you eventually mm. sell on and make some money. Speaking of money, they've used some of the sell-on money that they got from um, Ollie Watkins going from mm. Brentford to Aston Villa last season mm. uh, to buy a big screen that's going to be installed at St. James Park. Mm. So they'll have that for the replays. I mean, it's, a, it's a tidy little ground there now, isn't it? I, I met a bloke years ago and he was like the head of coaching development or something at mm-hmm. Exeter. And like he was saying that like their whole philosophy at the club is like that they know that they can't attract the best players, but they invest so much in their coaching and training in making the players that they have sort of better, really. And yeah. you, you can see that with quite a few players who have just gone there and they seem to just come on leaps and bounds and then obviously you know, sod off somewhere else on a free transfer. That's, but... that's the way to do it. And they also, what yeah. they do is they don't just give players one-year deals. They give them two-year deals and give mm. them a chance to develop, send them out on loan to mm. some of the non-league clubs nearby and that kind of thing. So hopefully we're going to start to see that at Carl United where you see like like yeah, Dixon definitely. getting longer deals and stuff. So that's that's the dream, isn't it, for us, I think it's fair mm. to say. Um, so yeah, that's Exeter covered. Uh, up next, it's me again, actually. I don't know why I've done it in this order. It's a very weird choice of me. Um, Forest Green Rovers... The key thing for them is they've obviously got a new manager coming in, in Rob Edwards, and it's his first full-time role. He was in charge of AFC Telford a few years ago. I think he did okay there, actually. Um, he's been in charge at Wolves under-23s as well for a little bit. Uh, his last job was actually England under-16s uh, manager. So he wants to build on the good work that Cooper's done over the last few seasons. Mark Cooper, that is obviously in putting together a side that consistently challenges for a top-seven finish. But they've not been particularly busy in the transfer window. This summer, I mean, Jack Aitchison has come back in on loan from uh, Barnsley. He was on loan from Celtic a few years ago, went to Barnsley permanently, but he hasn't really managed to hold down a place there. So he's come back out on loan to them. So they're hoping he'll do well. Beyond that, Regan Hendry from uh, Rafe Rovers. I think you've mentioned it before to me, Dan, I seem to remember. Uh, young midfielder, maybe someone else mentioned it. He's done really well at Rafe over the last few seasons. I think he was one of the players of the season at uh, Scottish League One level at some point with them. Yes, he was on my uh, renowned Scottish list of players who could do a job for Carlisle United. No, oh, there you go. So he's he's done a done pretty well at Rafe, and he's earned his move to Forest Green, and I think he's one that could be a big player for them. Um, who they also have another of my list that uh, moved there, Nicky Caden. Caden, yes. sorry, he's one of the best left wing backs in the league for me. Yeah, him and Bailey Cargill are two brilliant players. Are they? Yeah. When you look through the squad, they've generally kept hold of most of it. They've lost Odin Bailey. I think he's gone back to Birmingham, hasn't he, after his loan spell. But I mean, they're, 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 even though they're, they are the joint second youngest squad in the division alongside us and Exeter City, I mean, but despite that, you look at the squad and you think there's still some really good players in there. Mm-hmm. I, I can really see them 
pushing for a top three finish. I mean, Jamil Matt is massive for them. That, that's the one key thing, though. You saw last season, they were doing so well, but then they tailed off at the end when Matt picked up that. I mean, I'm going to advise people here. Look up Jamil Matt's injury that he picked up. I think it was against Bolton. It was live on Sky. It's horrific. If, if, you're, if you're very squeamish and don't like seeing people's fingers sticking in the wrong direction, don't look it up. But if you like that kind of thing, look it up because, oh my <laughs> God, it was a... It was it was not nice. I think I remember sending it to you, Dan, and you were like, oh "My God, that's <laughs> it's disgusting, isn't it?" It was a it was a so nasty old it Oh God, of course you did, of course <laughs> yeah. you did. But there you go. So keeping him fit is just massive for them, isn't it? Because without without him, they look a bit lost still. They don't they don't even look like they've really added. I mean, they've lost Archie Collins as well. I think, and he's a, he was a fairly big player for them. He was a useful player up front. Um, Abu Adams is still there though, and he's a good player. I. I yeah, personally, I think because they've kept fairly... It's basically how Edwards does in his first management job. That's the key thing. Because the squad's good enough. It's good mm. enough to finish top three if they really want it. It's whether maybe Edwards changing the ways they work could affect them potentially. But I, I personally think they're going to finish top three. That's the way I, I'm yeah. looking at it. Just the way it looks. Um, in terms of their... Pre-season though they haven't really set the world on fire. They they beat non-league sides. Here we go, Melksham Town them again, uh, Yate Town and Yeovil Town, but they lost the Championship sides Cardiff City and Swansea City, and then drew nil nil with Lington Spa. Um, one interesting thing I spotted that their chairman has come out this week and encouraged clubs in the football league to stop getting sponsorship from gambling firms. Um, it's something I'm I I hundred percent agree with. I think. Football clubs rely far too much on. I don't know they they give good money and that's the reason, but for me that they just rely far too much on it at the moment, and mm. it, it kind of does make me happy that at the moment, Touchwood, Cali United don't have other obviously than Skybet being everywhere because it's the league sponsor. We don't have sort of gambling sponsor at the moment, do we? And I think personally, I'd rather keep it that way. But that, that's a personal opinion there. So there you go. Uh, okay, up next, uh, Dan, it's you, Harrogate Town. Yeah, uh, decent first season last season. Uh, Simon Weaver and Paul Furwell have been rewarded. Uh, they are three-year contracts now. Yeah. Uh, not too much transfer moves. Uh, mm. Brought in half a dozen and maybe three or four have went out, including Mark Beck, who's gone back to Conference North. I think he's one of them players who's just not quite good enough for the league, is he? No, no. You know, but uh, uh, the the two the, the three that sort of stood out in the signings uh, got Mark Oxley in goal, who's yes. solid enough. Mm. Uh, Rory McArdle from Exeter is an experienced head at the back yeah, for them. Really good experienced head, that definitely. And the interesting one was a player we've been linked to a couple of times, Luke Armstrong from Salford, son of Alan, the former Middlesbrough Stockport player, isn't he? Yeah, that, yeah, I thought that was an interesting signing. I don't, I don't think he'll have been chief either. It, it's an interesting one though because he came on. If you remember the game against Salford at Christmas, that the fans were allowed to go to. He's the one who came on for Ian Henderson for Salford, and he was absolute doggo. He was dreadful. Yeah, yeah. He he looked like a fish out of water. And I wonder if that's the reason why Salford had just gone. All right, let's send him out on loan, get him a bit of experience first, and. Get some game time yeah. in a club where they can afford maybe to have him playing a bit more often. The, so. f- the thing, the thing that stands out is the size of the squad. They've got a very, very small squad at present. I think they've got eighteen players. Yes, eighteen players. But the average age is the, the oldest in the division, isn't it? So there's experience. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you know, the likes of Falkenham are 30 year old, uh, Muldoon's 32, you know. The, well, see, Muldoon doesn't look 32 the way he played <laughs> no, against us. He no. was excellent last season. Yeah, yeah. He really was. I mean, I, I think it'll be pretty much much of a muchness from them. Uh, maybe improve a couple more places. And if they make a couple more signings, they're one of them teams that with a bit of uh, a bit of, of luck and that, they, you know, they could, they could maybe get a sniff. They've got a management team that's done well. They were pretty solid. I mean, they started really well last season, tailed off, but you would, they had a small squad. You would expect that. They're going to work with a small squad again. The, the key for them is avoid any injuries. That's the yeah, massive yeah, thing, yeah. surely. If yeah. they can do that, I think, I, I agree, I think they'll do okay. And you never you never know if they can get on a good run. And, you know, it's one of those things, if you get on a good run and come Christmas, they might look and say, right, this time, we're going to get a couple of players in on loan. I think, actually, last season, they got Josh March on loan, didn't they, from um, Forest Green? But then he picked up an injury after about three or four games, and I think that hit them quite badly. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think they'll do okay this season. I think they, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to struggle. Put it that way. Um, up next, it's uh, the return of an old foe of ours, Mike Hartlepool United. Yeah. So they're, uh, I think, maybe trying to keep up with uh, Barrow for the most uh, ex-Carlisle players because they've got quite a few. <laughs> um, they've got, uh, obviously, Gary Little, um, Martin Smith, the two-game wonder, uh, Olafella Olamola, and they've uh, just signed Mark Cullen today. Yeah. So The new Paul think, Vale. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, th- I think, you know, in, in sort of some of them players, I think they've strengthened in key areas. They signed uh, Jake Lawler, the big centre-back from Harrogate, you know, he was like six foot six or something. Mm, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they're sort of strengthening in the areas that you need to strengthen from the conference or whatever you want to call it. Now, uh, obviously, last season he came, came fourth, um, and there was that dramatic playoff final against Torquay, wasn't there? Which uh, <laughs> their keeper scored, yeah, and uh, it eventually just meant nothing. I'd have. Uh, I'd have them down to do all right. Manager, obviously, Dave Challoner, um, who was AFC filed uh, for a bit. Um, managing there. He's, he's only, I think, late 30s, early 40s. He's played for Berry largely in Tranmere as well. Fa- famously, didn't he have the world record for the longest throwing at one point? He did, yes. <laughs> did he? Because at Tranmere, they used to have this thing where they used to they deliberately cut like holes in the advertising boards, didn't they? So he could get a longer run-up. And mm. I, I think these days, actually, his, his throwing wouldn't look very long. To be honest, it was going mm. to be a weird one, wasn't it? He was, he was massive back then, but I think someone like Coyote would comfortably beat him these days. Mm. So, yeah, he's an interesting one. It, it, it's difficult for Hartlepool, isn't it? Because they've, they've got the issue that their season finished a lot later than pretty much anyone else in the division, mm. didn't it? Because the, because the, the playoffs for the uh, National League, what was it, mid June, was it? I think or something like that. Yeah, they've, they've, they've had a lot of trialists in uh, the recent friendlies. Uh, I got told Ola Moller and Cullen were there, so I, I kept an eye on them for a few days and. Mm. We did have a considerable amount of trialists. It's always good to see trialists A, B, C, and D, etc. <laughs> oh, I miss I miss those days. It's, it's yeah. boring being a stable club that has a fairly solid squad, isn't yeah. it? Really? Mm. There you go. Well, yeah. they're pre season as well. They uh, they lost two one against Blythe Spartans, mm. uh, but they beat Dunstan five nil. So it's one of them. But they're the only games that I could actually get uh, results for so I don't know if Dun- they've uh... Dun- Dunstan is equivalent to us playing Penrith to be fair yeah yeah uh, mm. but I don't know why they seem to have had such a, a short pre-season but there you go I yes. think Hartlepool's aim is staying up and that'll be yeah. it 
I know. I, th- I think they will. To be fair, I don't, I don't think that they're anywhere near as bad as some of the teams that we're going to get onto. Who'll uh, certainly be right in the middle of that dogfight. Yeah, I'm having a look here on uh, Odds Checker, which is where I'm keep getting all the odds from. Hartlepool United aren't listed on here, so they've clearly not updated it since the uh, the end of the season. I, I seem to remember their their odds are quite long. I think they're shorter than Sutton's, but they're still fairly long. Well, maybe uh, the bookies know something that we don't, and they're not letting people bet on it because it's just <laughs> going up. Yeah, not, not fair. Enough, is it? There you go. Um, I I think they'll they'll be okay. I think I think they're, they're solid enough, and Chaloner seems to be a decent manager. They've added a couple of good experienced players in there. I mean, like we said before, Gary Liddell, we know what he's like at this level. He's a solid, yeah. dependable player. Yeah, I, I, I can't see them struggling too badly. Yeah. Um, probably lower mid-table, maybe. Yeah. Just keeping themselves just about out of trouble is what I reckon will happen. Similar um, to Barrow last season. Yeah, yeah. I think that the, 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 they've probably been a little bit better than Barrow, I think, because they're a bit more stable. Although they've got the same problem that they're having to bring... Quite a lot of new players in, aren't they? Because Barrow lost a lot last summer, so there you go. Uh, up next, Leighton Orient. Um, yeah, interesting one. They, they, they've just slowly, steadily been improving since they got back into the EFL a few seasons ago. Um, first season back, they finished 17th. Last season, they finished 11th. Um, off the pitch in terms of management, they've had all kinds of issues. Obviously, the sad passing of Justin Edinburgh just after they won promotion back to the league. His assistant, Ross Embleton, took over and did okay, but then they bombed him off. For, I think it was Carl Fletcher or someone like that. He lasted about a month, so they brought Embleton back in, and he was doing okay last season. But I think they're fairly ambitious down at Orient, aren't they? I think they want to get them back into League One. And he was bombed off in the end, and they gave the job to McEnough to the end of the season, and he got them sort of just, just in close contention for the playoffs. But again, they just... At the end, they just ran out of steam at the end of the season. And when actually, when you look at the squad makeup of the last couple of seasons, it's quite impressive that they finished as high as they did because they didn't make a huge amount of additions from the side they got them up from the National League. And you often find that teams that do that struggle a bit, the exception being, of course, ourselves in 2005-06, but we just added a couple of little bits of quality into our squad then. Um, yeah, I think the key thing for me is they've got an excellent manager in Kenny Jackett. I think he can make a huge difference there. I mean, I know towards the end he was a bit of a joke figure at Portsmouth and was struggling a bit, but his credentials are there to be seen, aren't they? I think straight straight away the one of the eye catching signings was Darren Prattley. I have got him down here as their best yeah. signing. I picked just, out because just like sort of a captain in the middle of the pitch. Absolutely. Especially when you lose someone like McEnough, who's obviously retired now, and he was brilliant for them last season. But in terms of like Jacket, like I said, there he's got three promotions and two EFL trophy wins before it. Well, one of them was before it became a bad thing. I'm sad that that was against us, but the other one when it became something we don't talk about anymore. Um, but I mean, like I said, every club he's been at, bar maybe Rotherham, where he didn't last very long, but they were a bit of a mess then. He's fairly well liked. At the end at Portsmouth, it didn't end particularly well, but he did a decent enough job there, keeping them solid in League One. Um, but as you mentioned there, Dan Darren Prattley, over 500 appearances. He's only 36 years old. I thought he would be older. And he, he's always he a player. Play, I always thought I'd love to see him at Carlisle because he's such a good footballer. He, he played a lot of games for Charlton last season, so it's not as always there exactly. for the pay packet or anything. You know, he's, exactly. he's still playing regular football. And obviously Jacket knows him from his time at Swansea. I remember him back when he was yeah. at Swansea. He was a brilliant player for them. He really, really was. Um, other than that, the other standout signings for me, I mean, Omar Beckles has 
He's finally signed for his hometown club. He's from Leightonstone, but he'd never played for them before. He'd had a lot of spells in non-league sides, but he's also played for Accrington, Shrewsbury and Crewe. And he's been sort of consistently playing for those teams over the last three seasons. And I think he'll he'll be a big boost at the back of them in terms of experience. But up front, they've signed Harry Smith from Northampton. He's six foot five. He's just an absolute unit, basically. So I think that's probably quite telling in the style they're going to play. Jacket is quite a direct manager, generally. But if it works, it works, doesn't it? Look, last season we were fairly direct, weren't we? And if you know, if you can pull it off, brilliant. That's exactly what mm. you want, isn't it? In terms of the squad makeup overall, I think keeping hold of Lawrence Vigoro was a real coup because I think there's a lot of bigger clubs were keen on him. But he signed a new two-year deal, I think. So he's he was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the division last season. Um, the uh, Cypriot lad's quite good, isn't it? Is uh, you know what? I've got him down here and I've mentioned the fact that he's obviously Cypriot international. Hector uh, Kiprianu. Kip- Kiprianu, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has a bit of bite in midfield but he's also got, I think, a few issues in terms of his discipline, hasn't he? I think he got sent off towards the end of last season. I think he's one maybe in terms of that he does have a few bands under his belt. Um, the worry for them though is the fact they've lost three good attacking players in Danny Johnson, Connor Wilkinson and James Brophy. That Three big plays for them to lose in one go mm. over the summer. The squad's a little bit light at the moment, but I, I'd imagine that they're likely to add a few plays before the end of the transfer window. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a surprise if we got a couple of low knees off like the Tottenham and West Ham. Dan, have mm. you been checking my notes? I haven't said these <laughs> to you because exactly what I've got, Danny. I said basically that they're, they're probably waiting on a couple of plays from London clubs who are maybe playing for them at the moment because their squad's are thin after the Euros. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of thing. So that might be what they're waiting on. Um, like I said, last season was solid, but if unspectacular. Um, pre-season, been quite impressive, actually. They lost their opening game to Dundee, but I wouldn't read too much into that because the Scottish clubs are always ahead of the English clubs in pre-season because they start a lot earlier, don't they? Um, that, that, that's a brilliant tie, that, though. An away trip to Dundee, I would have loved to do that, wouldn't you? You always love those, Dan, the uh, Scottish games. Um, yeah. But other than that, they've picked up draws against West Ham Spurs. And they finished off with a good win against Gillingham, I think are quite fancied in League One this season. So if they can keep that form going and get a couple of signs again, I think Jackets the kind of manager who might be able to mould a you know, a good tight squad there and maybe an outside shout for the playoffs possibly. I was just sure. gonna say they're, they're probably one of those teams that you would probably say eight to twelve, but if it clicks, they could just get in there. Definitely. I think that they're a side that I I, I let, let, let's save our predictions. We've got those at the end, so I won't say too much more than that at the moment. But um, I mean, in, in terms of odds, they're they're right up there. They're they're the six favourites. You can get sixteen to one on them winning the title. We saw last season Cambridge United were a surprise, you know, runaway winner. Well, not runaway in the end, but surprise winner of the league. Sometimes it's a club you don't expect that gets up there. You never know. There might not be a bad shout at sixteen to one to win it. You never know on that one. Mm. Um, okay, up next, Dan, you've got another one of the teams that are the favourites, third favourites, in fact, Mansfield Town. The great underachievers. <laughs> 21st and 16th with squads that should have been far higher. Oh, definitely, definitely. Last couple of years. Uh, Nigel Clough now. Uh, he's got the pedigree. You'd argue he's possibly the best manager of this division, wouldn't you? Yeah, and they, they showed a bit of an improvement while he was... You obviously had last season wrote off and, you know, he was just using it to uh, make his decisions on who to yeah. keep and who yeah. to get rid of. Uh, usual round, you know, there's always 
plenty of players come and go at Mansfield. Uh, one that did stand out was uh, Nathan Bishop on loan from Man United. Mm. Like we were uh, after, allegedly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got Danny Johnson in from Orient, Ollie Hawkins from Ipswich, Reese Otto, who was good for Hartlepool last season. Mm. Uh, I mean, I know there's some, some big names left, you know, the likes of Cook, Maynard, uh, Riley's. Did he retire? Uh, yes, he did. The, the other Joe yeah. Riley did retire, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mal etc. Uh, I think under Clough, we're going to see a lot better Mansfield. Uh, Big squad there, 29 players. Yeah, I'm just looking at that. I was just counting up there, and they've got a massive squad, but that's no bad thing, is it? Not necessarily, but it's sometimes hard to keep a squad well, like yeah, happy, because yeah. yeah. they're not a young squad either, to be fair. They're... You know, well, sorry, they're one of the younger squads. <laughs> I got them mixed up with someone else for a second there, but but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do. I mean, Stephen Quinn's a good addition, isn't he? As well, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone obviously that Clough knows well from his time at Burton. But, yeah, but uh, I I I think surely this is the year they've got to be up there. Top three or playoffs, you reckon? Oh, uh, we'll wait till the uh, predictions at the end. Ooh, I think <laughs> I think we know he's going to be in Dan's top three. I think we know there. He's not oh, giving anything away. <laughs> but no, I mean, they've made, like you said, some good additions. George Lapsley as well is a, is a really good player for them. And I mean, like you said there, they made an improvement. They actually, we beat them 1-0 in one of those games the fans are allowed to in December. And I've got to say, they, they, they were a good side. They gave us a few problems in that match. So, mm. I mean, obviously they, they tailed off a lot. But like, like you said, he was just trying to work out. He, he knew there was no chance of a playoff push and he was just trying to work out exactly who and what they were going to keep and what they were going to change they were going to make so so yeah there's Mansfield Town for you um, who is up next it is Newport Newport County yeah. and it's Mike yeah per- well, another perennial underachiever yeah well they've uh, they've made 11 new signings um, including goalkeeper Joe Day who mm. went to Cardiff a couple of years ago he, play, he played for Newport for years and yeah. racked up hundreds of appearances he's he's come back um, and Ed Upson as well who, who played quite a lot in Championship League One sort of level um, do you know that sounded like Ed Upson <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but, that's best sheltered at him when he was defending as a youngster. Yeah. So good. Yeah, but he uh, he was released from Bristol Rovers, so you're sort of wondering a little bit like what's what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean they're one who I think last season none of us thought that they'd do as well as they did. Um, I mean certainly when because they lost quite a few players in January, didn't they? And we thought that they'd tell right off, but they still finished in the playoffs. Um, Obviously, finished fifth, um, all in all. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, to be honest, expecting them to be much the same again in and around the playoffs. Um, it's a god-awful place to go. Like, for, I've still know, got to tick it off, so I'm, I'm not looking forward to that to choose the bloody night yeah, again. I've, I've got to tick that off. But their, uh, their pre-season, they lost 5-0 to Clanethley Town in the Welsh League Cup. But I think that was kids because yeah, the, very next, kids, yeah, the very next day they played against Blackpool and won 3-1. So they'd probably play the senior players for, for that one. And they, they beat Shippenham Town 2-1 and uh, 
lost 2-0 to Cardiff. So It's interesting the way some teams have got quite small pre-seasons this year, haven't they? I just noticed mm, that. They really do. Interesting the way it goes. Um, looking at their squad here, I mean, some of the names obviously stand out here, don't they? Like, we've got to mention him, haven't we? Lord Voldemort himself, Kevin Ellison. <laughs> 42 yeah. years old yeah. I, I love the fact that he, he hadn't actually agreed a new deal in pre-season and mm. he was playing as a trialist <laughs> a 42 year old Kevin Ellison on trial mm. and he did the little uh, sign me up celebration when he scored didn't he to, mm. to the manager I think that was a little joke I think there was always going to be a, a deal agreed I think for him um, mm. the, the one thing I noticed Patrick Almond's there he was brilliant a few seasons ago he, he's not getting any young he's 33 now I didn't actually realise he was that old He's tailed off a bit, hasn't he? He's he's not quite hit hit the height everyone expected. Yeah, pretty much. He's he's just never really had that twenty goals plus season, has he? Really? Yeah, I think he had it once, didn't he? But he never, he's not quite followed it up since then. Yeah, um, yeah. But they've, just, they've, they've, they've well, they've they've signed uh, Timmy Abraham. Tammy's younger the, brother, isn't it? Yeah, Tammy's younger brother on loan from uh, Fulham. Then he's he's one of them loan signings, and he if, if he scores a load of goals for them, because I do you reckon, um, do you reckon there's it, a third brother called Tommy. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's it's looking like Abraham might potentially be their sort of uh, main goal threat, if you like. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell from this stage, but you know, they're another one where if they're getting a striker that's going to score them twenty odd goals. That'll that'll make or break the season. Yeah, I've always liked Matt Dowden who plays them as well. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think they'll be up and around the playoffs again this season. Obviously. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what I put in my predictions. But I've probably just given something away there. But there you go. Um, okay, up next, Northampton Town. So that's me. Um, not a great season for them last year. Obviously, they won promotion up to League One through the playoffs, uh, thanks to points per game getting them in there and. Our old friend Keith, I'm sure we'll get onto in just a minute with you, Dan. Didn't do the greatest job in terms of stabilising them at League One level. Um, he was given the axe in February. They they gave the job to John Brady, his first full time job. He, he'd been under 16 and under 18 coach at the Cobblers, um, and he, as a player, he generally played in non-league. But I think he was most famously at Rushton and Diamonds, wasn't he? I think he was a good player for them for about 200 odd games. Um, but I think he faces a big challenge to get them back up to League One at the first attempt because they've had a busy summer. They've signed eleven new faces, but there's not. I mean, the, the, most of the signings are much of a muchness. I've picked out Jordan Flores as the the one that stands out to me because he's an interesting player. He started out at Wigan, didn't quite make it there. Had a few loan spells, including at Swedish side Osterns, Ostersons, sorry. Um, that's where uh, what's his chops went, wasn't it? Brian Rake, uh, yeah, he was manager. Richard Offiong as well, I think. Richard Offiong was there, yeah. They, yeah. They, get, they tend to get a few English players, don't they? I think it was Brian Rake mm. manager there, Dan. I seem to remember he was. I think so. Yeah, sure, some sort of player, coach, manager type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, and then he actually went to Dundalk in Ireland. Now, Dundalk have been like a the big side in Ireland, haven't they? Over the recent seasons, they've they got to the Europa League group stages, didn't they? I think a couple of years ago, and played Ireland. Uh, Ireland sorry, Arsenal possibly. I think in the Group stages seem to remember, but he, d- he did well there and he earned himself a move to Hull, but he's not really managed to get into the starting line of Hull, so they've sent him out on loan to Northampton to get some game time. But I think he's one they do think quite highly of. Um, other than that, they signed goalkeeper Liam Roberts and Walsall, who's experienced head between the sticks. He's got 150 appearances for them, so decent enough signing. Paul Lewis is one that stands out. Actually, he's had a decent career at Macclesfield, Cambridge, and last season at Tramway, he played most games for them, actually, so it's quite a surprise he ended up leaving them. Um, he's got a bit of a goal for it as well, so 
decent enough sign for them. But I mean, on first glance, looking at the squad overall, I think it's probably weaker than the one that won promotion to League Two, uh, League One. Sorry, under Curl. Um, Jack Sowerby's there, obviously ex-United player. I don't think he tends to play as far forward. I think Dan, I seem to remember he's playing at centre back a couple of times for yeah for them. It's a bit of a waste for a player of his ability. Mm. You'd think. Seems to have played all over the pitch, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got a couple of own goals for them. I think. I mean, he's got a, an actual goal for them. Yeah, um, a name that might be familiar to Carl United fans is Benny Ashley Seal. Um, you'll probably remember him if you like to pretend that the EFL trophy does exist. He scored a hat trick for Wolves under twenty threes in that competition. We don't talk about and um, <laughs> and I mean he was excellent that night. From what I've been told, I've not seen it myself, but a lot was expecting him at Wolves. He didn't quite make it. Northampton paid a fee for him, and he's played twenty three games from so far. He's not. I, scored. I, wonder, I wonder if they let that hat trick count. Possibly. Because I remember when we played Blackburn, and they tweeted that it was something, and then they were like, "Oh no, it's not a real match." <laughs> Weird one, uh, yeah. So there you go. But no, he so he's he's he struggled to score in his twenty three games. He's not scored a single goal for them yet in a first team game, league game at least. Anyway, so you know people want to kick on the. the the key for play for them probably is the long-serving midfielder, Sam Hoskins. He's into his seventh season at the club. Uh, his experience is vital. I think he's got well over 200 games for them. Big player. I mean, I know you've got a few Mato and Northampton fans, don't you, Dan? And I'm not sure what their expectations are this season because they've got a, an inexperienced manager in there and they've, they've made so many signings. I would think consolidation. Yeah, I, uh, the, a couple I've seen talking about it, I would say, Consolidation is the word. Uh, there were, let's be honest, I think they fluked the promotion. I'm not just yeah. saying it because of who was manager. I think the only reason they went up was they were kept very fit. Yeah. Curl's pretty is, good at that, to be fair. Yeah, right? yeah, so. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Uh, and I think they just they weren't very good last season, full stop. And yeah. I think they'll just be happy to uh, stop the rotten maybe consolidate to go again in a year's time. Yeah, pre-season-wise, they've not had a great pre-season at all. They, they did beat Birmingham City 3-2. That's quite an impressive result, but it's a rare highlight. I mean, you'd expect to face the West Ham and Nottingham Forest, but to then lose to Stamford and AFC Rushton doesn't bode very well. And by all accounts, they were first-team squads that went for those games. So, like you said, the key for them is consolidation because if they get off to a bad start, with an inexperienced manager in charge, they could get dragged into a relegation fight potentially. I mean, prediction wise, I mean, in terms of odds, they're round about mid table. So I think most people think they're going to be all right. But there's always one side that gets dragged into it, isn't there, that you don't expect? I mean, it could well be them. It could well be them. Um, okay, up next. Come on, Dan. It's your, it's your turn to have a, a five or 10 minute rant about uh, your favourite manager ever. It's Oldham Athletic. <laughs> Uh, Oldham goals, goals, goals. That's what Oldham is. Uh, scored loads, conceded more, and finished about 18th in the end. <laughs> Just a crazy club, weren't they last season? Yeah, and uh, I think in Keith they've probably got a manager who sees a lot of games like that anyway. <laughs> so they have they have a couple of good players, you know. Bamboola is obviously a decent player. He's a brilliant I, player, isn't he? I yeah. think they're going to miss McElhaney's goals. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, they, they, I don't think loss. I don't think Callum Hope will score as many. Uh, 
<laughs> he's a good signing for them though. I, I, a lot of our fans have mocked it, but I think he's a good signing for them. He'll do all I right there. Every man just wants their partner to love them as much as Keith Curl loves Hallam Hope. To be <laughs> honest, that's that's all that's all we ask for in life. To be honest, still 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 remember the fact they had the greatest first touch we've ever seen at Barney. Nicky, the Nicky, worst game ever. Nicky Adams dislikes that statement. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Nicky um, Adams, who's now a right wing back. Yeah, he yeah. Did, did, did okay against us last season, didn't he, in that position? I, the, the thing with Oldham is they're one of the teams where the off-field could potentially derail them. Uh, if you have a quick Google of David Wheater in his recent interview, hmm. I've not doesn't, seen paint, that, no. doesn't paint a very good picture. No. And I think they could really struggle this season. Yeah, I realise that Davis Kelly had done as well for them, but I... I, I there's been a lot of rumours that other clubs are interested in him too, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's, there's a couple him and Bambula, you know, I mean, well, Bambula played for Middlesbrough in pre-season, didn't he? he had a trial there. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's under contract. You don't for a player that good. Surely you say to the club, make us an offer or sod off. Yet they yeah. let him go on trial. That doesn't really suggest they were keen to keep him, does it? No. Uh, I think it's going to be a long season at Boundary Park. Uh, I think Alan I think, Alan Sheehan is a signing is a decent one. Yeah, yeah, he's getting on now, but uh, player coach isn't he? I think I don't think he can do it on his own. No, no, and it's that's a problem. They're very light in midfield, very very light. When you look at the squad, they've got four players listed as midfielders, and one of them, Nicky Adams, is a right wing back now. So. Yeah, also in goalkeeper, they've only got one goalkeeper at the moment. Yeah, yeah, good experienced keeper, uh, Lou Weiler. Yeah, Weiler, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, he's a decent keeper, him, so that's a good signing. But with no backup for him, it could have a situation like what Exit had last season where they're scrambling to get someone in after he gets injured, yeah, potentially. Yeah. So that's that's the concern there, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, so we're thinking Oldham potentially could be in trouble this season, yeah. Up next, Mike, you've got Port Vale, the team that we all tipped to do well last season, and we all looked incredibly stupid as a result. Yeah, well, I don't want to be bitten twice now, but um, I mean, obviously yeah, last season they started terrible, but they got Daryl Clark in February and they got like a 44% win rate, which is mm. pr- pretty damn good considering, you know, what he sort of inherited. Um, again, they've signed uh, Jamie Proctor for uh, their token ex-Carlisle player. <laughs> um Obviously, got rid of most of them, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got rid of most of them. Uh, but they've made 12 signings altogether. So, you know, they've been busy. And I think Clark's judgment, you've, you've got to trust, given sort of what he did. They signed Tom Pat as well, who were, was at Stevenage for a good while. Um, Aaron let, Martin. Should know. Uh, they've let 15 go, though, haven't they? So they needed yeah, to get players. In yeah, there. exactly. They've had a total overhaul. And they're one of them as well, similar to Bristol Rovers in that, Sort of, they've made that much of an overhaul. It's how long it takes to click. Yeah, that, that's that's the key thing, isn't it? Really, and I think yeah. Mal Benning's a decent signing from Mansfield. Actually, where he's a good left back. Um, yeah, yeah. Pet, as you mentioned, obviously, he's a, he's a good player. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they click quickly. But clearly, yeah. Clark did a decent job there, and he he knows what he's doing. He think he's found a club where he's happy, hasn't he? And, yeah. yeah, I mean, um, yeah, they, they signed uh, James Wilson as well, who was my tip for the top goal scorer in the division last season. Um, so, you know, if you want to lose some money with the bookies, stay tuned for more top tips later in the in the episode. Uh, <laughs> but, y- yeah, um, 
But their pre-season, they beat Newcastle 6-2. Newcastle mm. Town, that is. Um, Stafford <laughs> Rangers. That, that's Stafford. JK. Come on. <laughs> uh, they lost 2-0 to Stafford Rangers. They lost 1-0 to Fleetwood. 2-1 to Chef Wednesday. T- lost 2-0 to uh, Notts Forest and beat Chesterfield 1-0. So the pre-season isn't a lot to go off, really. Um, but... For me, I'd certainly be expecting top half. Mm. Interestingly, uh, obviously Tom Pope, a long-serving legendary forward, left this. I mean, I think he's gone to Congleton in the yes. league. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I read that they were there. Seems to be quite happy there, though, doesn't he? I think he's got 35, 36 now, so mm. probably happy to get out of the full-time game. But there you go. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's Portville. Thanks for that one, Mike. Um, up next, Rochdale. It's the first of the. Shambles clubs, I think it's fair to say. And interestingly, I've managed to get both of them somehow in this list of uh, teams. Um, yeah, they've done so well to be at League One level for so long, haven't they, for a club that small? Mm. But, you know, all good things come to an end, don't they? And they've, they've struggled massively last season. And they were not helped by the fact that off the field they've become a bit of a, a circus, I think it's fair to say. You're going to touch on that in a minute, Mike. We'll, we'll come yeah. to that one because you've got a, a contact there, a friend who's a Rochdale fan. Um, interestingly, obviously, Brian Barry Murphy left uh, his role as manager towards the end of last season. Um, interestingly, he's turned up at Manchester City. He's managing their under-23 team. The, I think it's the elite development squad, they're called. Interesting, that one, because he, he seems well, to do okay as manager there. Th- there's a bit of a story behind that. In that he, uh, he resigned uh, from Rochdale and he wanted compensation, even though he'd resigned. And it, mm. he was threatening to take the club to court over and all the rest of it, but he had the job at Man City lined up anyway. So it's like, why are you trying to? I mean, that's you know absolutely I mean? shitty behaviour, that isn't it? Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So they're probably um, well rid of him. I think it's fair. Yeah, to say. but well, the, the, <laughs> the story with him it's quite, it's quite a story. So around um, sort of at the back end of last season, they had a fans forum, and one of the questions was when's. Brian Barry Murphy's contract expiring because nobody seemed to know, mm. um, and the the board the board the CEO sort of said, "Oh, it's expiring at the end of the season." And Brian Barry Murphy chipped in, "No, it's not. It's got another year to run." Oh, <laughs> and it, it turns out that um, like in sort of September October, they had like a decent run where they won like three, mm. three on the bounce and and extended his contract, but they didn't announce it. And then they went on a terrible run of games and then didn't want to announce it at all. So, But he'd signed the deal. And so nobody knew when his contract was expiring, apart from him, seemingly. Um, and obviously, the way their season went, they obviously wanted rid of him, but he had another year on his contract. So, yeah, and then, like I say, he resigned because uh, he had the job at City lined up and, yeah, had a, a load of shenanigans from that, so... Wow. Well, we'll get back onto your points because I'm sure you've got more to share on Rochdale than yeah. me, Mike. But um, their new manager is Robbie Stockdale. Um, very much a baptism of fire for his first full-time management role. He's had a couple of um, caretaker spells. He's been in charge at Grimsby in a joint caretaker spell once. And also, he's been caretaker at Sunderland three times. I mean, that's a bloody job and a half, isn't it, really? <laughs> Basically, as long as you're a coach then, you stay there. Every couple of years, you're going to be like, fancy the job, Robbie, for a few weeks? <laughs> going to be like isn't it he uh, went he went short in the betting for our job last time yeah he, he, did, he yeah. was interviewed for it from what i've yeah. been told yeah he's yeah he, apparently he's very well thought of as a coach he's, he's someone who's really impressed in Sunderland in terms of doing that it's just Sunderland job was always just going to be too big for him 
to, for his first job, basically. So I think he always wanted to drop down the leagues and, and take it one on. I mean, t- in terms of a squad, there's not much there to. He's got a tough job in his hands. He's helped by the fact that I think Sammy Lee's going to be helping out for a little bit, isn't he? In terms of off the field stuff, I'm not sure if that's actually gone through. I saw some story about it the other day. Summer signings, well, there's not much competition because they've only signed one player. <laughs> they signed Sam Graham. He's a 20 year old uh, defender from Sheffield United. He signed a two year deal. Uh, he's never played a first team at Bramall Lane, but he did have loan spells at Oldham, Halifax, Central Coast Mariners, and Notts County. <laughs> and that's a mix and a half, isn't it, really? Mm. That's, a, that's a lovely old job, though, isn't it? Do you fancy a loan spell, uh, Sam? Yeah, where are you going? Australia? Oh, go on then. Why not? Why yeah. not, say? It's just lovely, that, isn't it? Um, so, like I said, there's no other signings to pick out because they've not signed anyone else. That's just the reality of it. Well, um, they don't have a lot of money, but they it's looking like, as of recent years, they've sort of depended on, on kids a little bit. And I, I think that this season's going to be much like that as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at the squad, I mean, it's... it's the off-the-field issues of clearly causing big problems here because, I mean, mm. there's only about, what, 12 players in there, I think, at the moment, something like that, maybe. Mm. And they just badly need some additions. That's, that's the key thing, really. And a yeah. week to go, that, that would concern me. Of the players that are left, there's still a couple of decent players. And Matt Doan, or Dunn, he's always been a good player for them. I've always been impressed whenever he's played against us. Jim McNulty's got bags of experience at the back. I think mm. most clubs at this level would quite happily have him in their defence. So this this there's like almost like the starts of a spine in there. So you do think maybe maybe, but for me, it's going to be tough. I mean, they they've had a sort of weird pre-season. Um, they battered Oldham five-one in a friendly. I mean, first of all, why on earth are they playing each other in a pre-season friendly? <laughs> I never get why two mm. league two clubs would play each other. You're just giving too much away, mm. surely, but. Why Keith would agree to that, I have no idea. It's a strange one, isn't it? Um, the only win came against AFC Fylde, but it should be noted that that's actually the only non-league side they've played. They've otherwise drawn at Fleet, against Fleetwood and Rotherham, and they were beaten by quite heavily by Luton, and also 2-1 by Barnsley. So, yeah, the off-the-field issues, Mike, the, that's the big concern for them, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean, they're trying to get investment in, and seemingly... Uh, there's like a group who are keen to invest, uh, but they're like a quite a shady, uh, shall we say, property investment thing, and people aren't too sure of their um, intentions towards Spotland there. So the the fans trust are setting and tell, telling people not to sell the shares and all the rest of it, and they're not selling their shares. But a fans trust being active. Uh, I know. How dare they? How ridiculous! <laughs> I know. So it's, yeah, it's just a whole thing going on there, really. And my mate, he, he sort of said he would be more than happy with mid-table, which you don't hear very often from teams who have just come down. I, I think, to be honest, mid-table looks a bit ambitious at the moment. Exactly, no, it does, I think they absolutely. Could be, they could be really right down at the bottom, possibly. Yeah, it's, definitely. Like I said, with a week to go and a squad that looks very thin and weak, mm. I'd be concerned. I really, really would if I was a Rochdale fan. I don't know what it is yeah. with these sort of northern Manchester clubs. It just all seems to end up basket cases at the moment. Mm. And then, then you across the city, you've got Salford rubbing their hands. I, mean, I suppose mm. you could argue they're North and Manchester as well, aren't they? But, mm. but yeah, there you go. So, yeah, Rochdale, not expecting good things for them this season, I'm afraid. it's. I think it's going to be a bit of a slog. Okay, up next is the team everyone's going to pick as favourites, aren't they? Surely, surely mm. it's their time. Salford City, it's you, Mike. 
Yeah, well, obviously last season we all tipped them to do well, didn't we? Uh, and I think what sort of separated them and Bolton, as we've said before, is that Bolton got in proven League Two sort of players and staff and, you know, obviously did the job and went up, whereas uh, Salford tried to sort of get more League One championship personnel in, which isn't always how you do it in this league. Um no. I mean, they've they've only made six new signings, so they haven't had a, a complete overhaul. Obviously, mm. Co- Conor McElhaney from uh, Oldham is probably it's the main. Great sign, that really. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think given the right service, I think he'll he'll easily get twenty plus goals mm. uh, this season. Um, Liam Shepherd and Tom King from Newport as well, which I think could be a little bit of a double whammy in that they sort of weaken in Newport and strengthen them themselves a little bit. Good experience heads, aren't they? That's the key thing. With yeah. Them. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's it's mad that like to think that overall they finished eighth last season. That's like you know. I mean, that is a huge disappointment, isn't it? Really, when you look mm. at it. I'm not mm. sure why the second the manager with not long to go as well. There was a bit mm. insane. I mean, you look at the other side. Josh Morris, obviously ex Carlisle there, Loney. For those mm. who vaguely remember him playing for us, yeah. I mean, he's he's done so well at League One level. That that's one of yeah. the rare sort of big League One signings they've made this summer, isn't it? Really. And, mm. Matty Lund's another, I suppose. He's always been a solid performer for Rochelle. Yeah. Just decent signings. I mean, they've lost some big players, like yeah. say, the likes of Gibson and George Boyd and people like that. But I think I agree. I think they've, they've, they've signed really well. The only big concern I would have for me, obviously, you know, you said they signed Tom King, but you'd argue he's a bit of a downgrade on uh, Halaki. Obviously, he's left yeah. to go to Ipswich because he was fantastic mm. for them last season. He was mm. probably quite comfortably the best goalkeeper in the division, wasn't he? So... Losing yeah. him is a bit of a concern. How, how have they got on in pre-season then again? Well, they beat Atherton Collieries 3-0. Okay, uh, okay. But, but they lost to Burnley 4-0. Uh, they beat Derby County 2-1, but that's not a lot to go by given the I state that on, they're in right now. Yeah, um, And they beat Curzon Ashton 1-0 and uh, lost 2-0 to Lincoln. So a bit of a mixed bag of res- results there, really. Yeah, and obviously Gary Bowie is manager there. He's... He's, well, he's manager for this month. Um, he is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's one he knows how to get out of this division, doesn't he? And he's obviously brought yeah. ex Carlisle coaching with him, Billy Barr. Yeah, exactly. And, and and as well, you know, Billy Barr sort of knows sort of this league. He was at uh, Wrexham last year, wasn't he? So we, I think he, he was at no, was he not there? He's been at Blackburn Rovers under twenty threes, I think, for a bit. Oh, has he been at Blackburn? Yeah. Yeah. He was at Wrexham for a bit, I think. But yeah, he, I think he um, actually was to be fair, yeah. Yeah, um, so, you know, just having people in who are more familiar with this league, I think, will do them a solid. Whether or not I'd have them to win the league is one thing, but you'd surely expect them to be around the promotion places, surely. I, I, I can't see anything other than that, really. Yeah. I think as much as, you know, we'd love them to fail, I can just see them finally kicking on this season. So there you go. OK, uh, let's move on to uh, the club that you tipped to do badly last season, Dan, so I've given you them again. Scunthorpe United. And I think it's going to be more of the same. Mm. Uh, released a shed load of players. Yeah. I think it's about 17 or 18. Uh, those that they've brought in. There's a little bit of experience, the likes of uh, Alex Kenyon from Morecambe knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Harry Bunn's played a bit. There's no real standout signing, if you no, know what I mean. I'd agree with you there. Looking at the list here, it's not. And they've got a very, very young squad. 
They've been relying on the 23s for a while, haven't they? Yeah, I think, I think, I think they're the youngest on, in the league at present. Mm. Uh, one new player who's come up from the ranks is Dan Gallimore, son of Tony. Yes, of course. He's uh, deemed a central midfielder, but I think he can play elsewhere. And uh, he's in his first professional year, so that's a name to keep an eye on. Mm. Uh, I just can't see them doing much at all. I think they could be down at the bottom. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Neil Cox has got a job on his hands here. Yeah, I'm surprised he kept his job. I mean, maybe it's just they know how difficult it is with all the players going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way it is with them. I mean, Ryan Lofts, their main scoring outlet, Mm. and he's a back-to-goal striker, I would call. Yeah, I mean, they've let so many go this summer as well. Yeah. I know they weren't great last season, but when you let that many go, it does become a bit of a challenge, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How have they gotten in pre-season? I don't know. I haven't looked at them. <laughs> you haven't looked at them. I'll, I'll be quite honest. Uh, I didn't look at them, but I, I just, I just think they're going to struggle regardless. Uh, I think, I think, you know, I said it last season, and I'm saying it again this season. Okay. Next up, then it's Stevenage. I think a team that many of us expect to struggle last season. They did early on, but they had a hell of a turnaround after Christmas. And can they keep that up this season, Mike? That's the question. Yeah, I mean. They're another hard one to call. They've got a young-ish uh, manager in Alex Revel. Um, and, yeah, they've, they've signed Jamie Reid, who uh, was at Torquay a couple of years ago and scored 32 goals and won Player of the Year in the National League and all the rest of it. He was at Mansfield uh, last season. Um, so I think he's another one. If, if he's banging in the goals for them, they could well push on sort of top half even. Um mm. Uh, and uh, Jake Reeves as well, who's played a lot sort of League One level um, for Bradford and Wimbledon, um, and Jake Taylor, for, who was at uh, Exeter for a good while. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, obviously 14th last season. I think they'll be looking to push on from that. I mean, I don't think that they're going to upset the playoff bunch, but yeah, I think they'll just sort of be around about there. I mean, they looked a shambles when we played them at Christmas. They were absolutely oh, yeah. awful. And there was thought talk that Revel was going to lose his job. Mm. But then I think they had one more bad result after and then suddenly they just went on an incredible run. Mm. And obviously they beat us again in the second half mm. of the season, didn't they, on that run. Mm. And he's done a great job and I think he's shown that he actually is a decent manager. He just needed a bit of time to get his squad together. You mentioned Jake Taylor there. I mean, they had a great defence anyway. And mm. having someone like him to the defence is only going to make it better. So Yeah, exactly. They're one of those ones you almost say that there's a group of three or four dark horses that could really go either way, and mm. I'd agree with you. That I think they're potentially one that. I mean, th- could be this, le- this league as well. It's it, it's largely bo- top and bottom of it. Of it is is having a good defence and good strikers. Your yeah. midfield largely doesn't really matter because yeah. you know a lot of teams will bypass the midfield, and they seem to be solid enough at the back and solid enough up top. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see where they go. But uh, their pre-season, they beat uh, they actually beat City one nil, um, mm. St Albans City. Um, oh God, stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> uh, beat Hitchin Town one nil. Uh, lost one nil to Wickham. Drew one all against Watford and beat Dover two nil. So another little mixed bag of results there. But I mean, they're, they're yeah. fifth favourites. In fact, sorry, the fourth favourites of relegation. Yeah, I, I, I would. I'd never give that. them that odds. No, no, never give them that odds. I think I think the bookies have got that complete. I think they've looked at 
how badly they started last season, how they only just finished in mid-table, but that's, they just dropped off at the end of the season. That's all it was. Yeah. So I, I'm very surprised by that, I think it's fair to say. Uh, okay, up next it is... It's Sutton United. Dan, the new Sutton, boys. Sutton United with their two ex carl players. Uh, Dean Boozaznis oh, in goal. <laughs> he didn't actually play for us, did he? No, he, he's more famous for his behaviour off the pitch, wasn't he? I think it's yes. fair to say. And he, he scored a corner, didn't he, in some challenge on Sky Sports or something? Yes, with he did both that two, with both feet. Two footed challenge, wasn't it? Something yeah. on Sky on Soccer AM. And the man who shares my birthday, Richie Bennett, signed the for them. People's elbow. <laughs> what a guy! Interesting move because he went to Stockport. <laughs> the loaned him to Hartlepool. He started scoring goals, and they thought, "Shit, we need to stop this." So they <laughs> yeah. took him back. Which uh, we mentioned in uh, our little episode yeah. last week, didn't we? Yeah. But uh, I can see Sutton uh, doing similar to Harrogate. Mm. I think they've got enough to stay up. You know, Buzaznis has got a bit of experience these days. Uh, ben Goodliffe is a half decent uh, centre back. Craig Eastman's a key man in the middle. Yeah, was he one he's, of the, was he at Colchester or something like that in the past? Yeah, ex Arsenal. He's yeah. uh, he's a really good solid player, and uh, they've got Omar Bugle up front. Who he's not a bad little striker. You know, he's one of them. He's the, Looking at the squad, they've, they've got enough. Uh, I've just looked at who they've played pre-season. Basically, teams in and around the M25, they all play each other. Won a couple, lost a couple sort of thing. But I think that they're another who, similar to Orient, they could land a couple on loan from sort of like mm. Millwall, Charlton Palace type things. Yeah, possibly. I mean, Omar Bugle was a Lebanon international. Played one, made one appearance for Lebanon. Born in Berlin in Germany, but he's obviously one of those lads who's a, an immigrant who's moved over there as well. Yeah, think, yeah. A young kid. Um, Harry Beautyman as well is another player who's a big player for them, isn't he? Yeah, he and uh, they've, they've signed that uh, Enzio Baldwin from Notts County. He's, on his day, he can, be, he can be a player on his day. So inconsistent though, isn't he? That's, the That's problem. a problem with him, yeah. He's... He, Hence why he's this level sort of thing, you know. He's, yeah. he, he, he reeks of your traditional League Two winger. You know, we yeah. we could reel a list of them from Carlisle. Yeah. But no, uh, I think Matt Gray has got enough about him. I think the squad's got enough about them. And I don't think they'll be flying high, but I don't think they'll be in a relegation battle. Well, they're favourites to go down, aren't they? I, I just don't see that. No. Well, to be no. fair, Swin- Swindon aren't listed at present, are they? Uh, no, they are. They're, they're, they're 25. Well, you can get them 33 to 1 to win the league. Incredible. Yeah, but they're not listed for relegation. Yeah. No, no, they're not, maybe. But yeah. in terms of promotion, they're up there. That's a yeah. weird one. All of them are 6 to 1, by the way, lads. Lump on. Lump on. Uh, there you go. So- Sutton United, I think, they'll, I think they'll be all right. Okay. I mean, the, the, the big loss for them is losing that 3G pitch, isn't it? The. Uh, that they have had down because yeah, yeah, they yeah. had the, the artificial pitching non league are allowed, but if you get to the FL, you've got to rip it up and start again with a, a grass pitch. And for them, that's a big loss of income as well as much as anything because it was a community facility that was used all the time, wasn't it? So, but then there's some arguments that sometimes it gives a bit of an advantage to those teams, possibly. I mean, two teams have come up in the last two seasons with pitches like that. Bromley are the same, they've been up there. Our, so. our, our silky smooth passing game will uh, 
doesn't matter if it's on free geograph <laughs> we'll have to see when we so there you go right so i've got two more now and then you've got the last one dan so first up swindon town i mean I could, i'm gonna try and keep this type oh god i could go on for about them they've been an absolute shambles for for quite a while now last season was I mean, they started last season okay under john sheridan whose spelling charge wasn't the best let's just say um he's uh he's yeah it it, it they they dropped off massively in the second half of the season and they were basically down the relegation zone for much of the second half of the campaign. As I mentioned there, Sheridan's time in charge was just appalling. I think there was an article on The Athletic the other day that I was reading and apparently there was one game where Sheridan was nowhere to be seen and the players didn't know what the team was. And yeah, it was coming not, up did, to like half two or something and they, they only found out because it was on the tannoy. I, th- <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it was about 2.50 he walked in and put a list up said right there's your team and then walked out but the thing is that they they they, they knew it because it had been on the tannoy he hadn't <laughs> told them <laughs> I, I i think he's a he's a he's an odd bloke sheridan i think some clubs he does okay at other clubs it just doesn't work for him doesn't he, he did actually all right with us oh, i was just about to say i think he actually did all right for us yeah he's mm. one of those ones he just he needs the right think, environment it, it, doesn't he he didn't get on with certain members of our squad, did he? That was the problem, yeah. Yeah, that was the big problem. And then they, when Chesterfield came calling, he was always going. Of course he was. Uh, ben Garner's been given the manager's job here. It's his second managerial uh, role after Bristol Rovers. Didn't end very well there. He's one of these people, he's never. He's not got any playing experience. He's never been a player. Um, but he's a very well thought of coach. Apparently he was mentored by Jose Mourinho when he was doing his coaching badges. And he's had coaching roles at Palace and West Brom. But you do one of these, one of these people who, it's great to say you're a coach and you can develop players, but there's a big difference between that and being a manager, or at least a head coach at a football league level. Isn't that, that's where you, you know, your bread and butter is and it can be tough. And it, it, It's a last chance saloon for him, I think, in terms of, it, it's very similar to Mike Jolly. Um, was it, it was Mike Jolly, wasn't it? It was at, at Barrow last season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's a risky appointment for them for a club in mess, but it might be a situation where that's the only person they can give the job, really. So, uh, summer signings, they've not really made any. <laughs> this is the big concern. They've only got 12 players in their squad right now. It's all right. They've had, they've had Harry McCurdy on trial. Well, I'd imagine he's probably going to sign at some point this week, isn't he? Mm. Um, there's, an argu- I mean, there's an argument. Pierce Sweeney was their best signing, <laughs> but he's already gone. Yeah. You can't really include him. But Ben Gladwin's come back for a fourth spell as a player. Uh, he's got a bit of experience. He was with MK Dons last season. At I, th- I, think, I think I was reading that They've actually got the new owner now, haven't they? Yes, he's, he's taken over now. That's all sorted. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is they've only got a week to get all these players in. And yeah, exactly, yeah. So I imagine, they, imagine not all the trailers are going to be the best, are they, either? So. It, it mm. could be that we don't actually see them start to click until sort of autumn time. Well, my feeling is you might find they're going to really, really struggle first half of the season and then they're going to bring in a load of players in January to try and get yeah, them. Yeah, so I, 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 I yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see them having plenty enough to... Uh, to stop up, sort of thing. Yeah, the, the the key the key men in the in the squad at the moment are probably Captain Dion Conroy and Vice Captain Matthew Baldry. They're the, the two ones because they've got experience. Other than that, they're, they're mainly kids. And yeah, I mean, they, they, I think they've signed a, a couple of goalkeepers, Lewis Ward and Joe Wollacott, but they're both inexperienced. They haven't played many games. And Tyrone, sorry. Um, Tyro Tyrese Simpson on loan from Ipswich he's potential at the moment basically that's all he is and relying on that to score your goals 
could be a worry. I, I, I can genuinely see them struggling. I mean, pre-season's been a shambles, absolute shambles. And they had to rearrange their game against Swindon Supermarine because they didn't have enough players to play against their local non-league neighbours. And that's the only game when they rearrange it that they've won in pre-season. I mean, other than that, they've they've lost to Weymouth and Hungerford Town and drawn with Melkisham Town. There you go, once again mentioning them. <laughs> and they lost to Peter in the final game. Should we all go and watch Malcolm Town next season? I think definitely. We're going to have to now. There are new non We'll keep an eye on them and we'll update everyone as we go along through the season. Yeah. You mentioned there McCurdy's been on trial. The ownership issue is now sorted, but it's dragged on so long. And I, I, I really can see it being a long, long, tough season for them. I really, really can. It'll be interesting to see how they get on. Um, up next is me again, Tramia Rovers. Last season, a big disappointment for them, I think it's fair to say. I think. They anticipated going straight back up to League One. They felt hard done by by the whole points per game thing. I mean, for me, it sounds harsh, but it's a bit tough shit, you know. Mm. It's just the circumstances, the way it is, couldn't be helped. Um, bringing Mickey Mellon back as manager, though, is a massive, massive plus for them, you'd think. He's a, he's a legend from his first time in charge of his double promotion he won there. Um, every club he's been at in England, he's won promotion. So he's, he won it at Fleetwood hmm. Town, he won it at Shrewsbury Town. Obviously, he won at Tranmere. Dundee United last season, I think he did a solid enough job up there, Dan. I'm, I didn't really keep an eye on how Scottish football got on last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the chance to come back to Tranmere was too big an opportunity. And apparently, he's bought a house on the Wirral now. I wonder where he's bought it, uh, Mike. I mean, I imagine he's not bought in a Caldy, like a Rafa Benitez, very posh up there. No. More no. likely, maybe a, I don't know, Prenton, maybe somewhere in Woodchurch over that way, possibly. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, certainly don't want a house in Birkenhead, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, Stand out for me signing Callum McManaman. He's a player, you know, everyone expected mm. big big things from in his early career. Won the FA Cup with Wigan, he was brilliant. Was he man of the match, actually? I think, I think he was man of the match in that final, yeah. yeah. And he was outstanding. He went to West Brom and he had a spell at Sunderland and he just never quite worked out. He's he's just come back from a spell in Australia with Melbourne Victory. He's 30 now, but you'd expect him to be one of the best. But it, it, it's quite reminiscent, actually, I think, slightly older, though, of Zach Clough, isn't it, coming to us? I think in mm. terms of how you'd expect him to get on um, I don't know I mean they've made quite a few signings they'll be very busy in the transfer market interesting ones Elliot Nevitt who's coming from non-league side Warrington Rylands he's meant to be quite an exciting player I think he's been around the non-league circuit a little bit I think he's about 22-23 uh, Sam Foley from Motherwell's uh, another interesting one and Joe Maguire from Accrington I think he's won promotion at this level before hasn't he so he's a decent signing and in terms of the squad makeup, though, losing James Vaughan, that's a big blow, you think, isn't Massive, it? Any, yeah. any club in this have to lose a player of his quality and Nelson goal-scoring ability. Uh, obviously, he's retired. Um, but they've still got some good players there. Corey Blackett-Taylor was excellent against us uh, down at Prenton Park. Um, goalkeeper Scott Davids is you know, still a quality performer. and Peter Clark, he turns 40 later this year, and he, he didn't look 40 when he played against us in the league, I have to say. We said in the preview for that game, he's someone you could target, but he didn't look like a player you could target, did he? He's he's a really good performer this level. Um, like I said, last season was a disappointment. Mike Jackson didn't do that great as manager. They brought in Keith Hill to replace him. Did okay at first, but I don't think the fans ever took to him and they they properly tailed off and ended up just about making the playoffs and they sacked him before the playoffs, didn't they? Mm. And gave the caretaker the job and he couldn't quite get it over the line against Morecambe and... Yeah, there you go. I didn't actually mention the signings there. They signed uh, Nathaniel Knight-Percival for Morecambe as well. There's an extra mm. link for you there. Interesting signing. The issue for me with, with Tranmere is I, I just can't see where the goals are going to come from. You know, you no. mentioned Va- Vaughan's a massive loss, but 
I mean, as things stand with their squad list, I don't think they have someone with the number nine shirt, which would indicate that they're trying to bring someone else in. But that's massive for them. Like they need someone to to get the goals. Otherwise, I really don't think they're going to do very well. No, that that's 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 the, the bit would concern me potentially. Preseasons don't know they've done okay. They, they beat Rangers, and I've, uh, Dan, you'll know better than me. Was that a strong Rangers side they beat? Yes and no. Uh, it was a brilliant goal that won it. Mm. Uh, I think it was just one of them. Uh, you, you get those sort of scores. And Rangers had plenty of chances, and just uh, they didn't really have many strikers playing. Uh, but no, it'll certainly give them a bit of a, a boost. Yeah, they've got the second oldest squad in the division after Harrogate at 27.7 years average age. But that is boosted quite a bit by goalkeeper Joe De- Murphy and yeah. uh, Clark at centre-back, who are both 39. <laughs> so that pushes it way up. Spearing Joe Murphy, well, I think, famously threw a hissy fit when Kieran Westwood got called up to the Republic of Ireland squad because he was like, <laughs> yeah, because he's not Irish. <laughs> and, uh, Joe Murphy, who actually is Irish, was like, fuming about it in the papers <laughs> there you go obviously Jay Spearing in midfield as well a, a really good performer and you saw how good he was last season yeah. when he played against us so I, I, I think I agree with you Mike I think that the, the key thing missing for them is a, is, a, is a good striker they've signed this young lad from um, from Liverpool Paul uh, Glatzel is a German lad if, if he can maybe get firing possibly he might be the big difference but it's a lot to expect on on a young lad's shoulder, I think. And they've signed a big lad as well, haven't they? From um, from Tradmere, uh, from sorry, from uh, Salford. There's a where there's a route. Oh, I can't never pronounce his name. There's a word or something. There's a word or whatever you call him anyway. But yeah. they've signed him, and I think he's one potentially who could, you know, if they can get the right service to him, he could get a few goals because he's a big lad, isn't he? He's about six foot three, six foot four, so. Yeah, I think maybe one more strike is the key thing missing. I, I always think he, he got a little bit of a, a hard time at Salford because they always seem to bring in higher paid players before him. And, yeah. You know, he just I think he got a little bit unfair there. So he, yeah. he could have a, a decent season, that kid. He could well, he could well. Finally, Dan, on to the last one. Walsall, to your last one. And I think, personally, I think this is a team that could do fairly well this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They've, they've got an owner who seems really well liked, even though they didn't do too well last season. And they've now got Matt Taylor as manager. The other Matt as in, Taylor. Yeah, the, the the one who used to be in goal of the month a lot. Scored like and the goal of the season for Portsmouth, didn't he, from 40 yeah, yards? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's come from Tottenham under-18s to uh, mm. have a go in proper management. And he's, he's assisted by Neil McDonald. Yeah, there's a kind of link. So, you know, that's it reminds me very much of the uh, Paul Simpson, Dennis Booth mm. set up, which uh, we had. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm just, uh, my page has changed. I'm looking at who they brought in. Brought in one or two good players, you know. Uh, Joss Labedi, Connor Wilkinson, Manny Mont, you know. Stephen Ward. Yeah. Uh, in the Premier League. Zach Mills, there's some, there's some good names there. Mm. You know, this. I do wonder if it'll maybe be a season too early for them, in my opinion. But I certainly think they'll be. I think they'll be on the edges, certainly. I mean, uh, Labadee as well is a you know proven performer at this level, isn't he? You know, he's done so well at Newport the last few years. He's a bit of a nutter, but he's a good yeah, player at yeah, this level. Yeah. My concern when I look through the squad though is that they look a bit thin up front, don't they? 
Wilkinson's a great player, but if you're only relying on him, if he gets an injury, you're potentially in a bit of... Yeah, they've, they've, they've got three players listed as forwards. So. I think a couple of the midfielders are more forward players, aren't but they? But again, Walsall are one of these clubs, again, who are probably waiting on West Brom, Birmingham, Villa, yeah. etc. You know, they're, yeah. they're in a prime position to get a couple of lads in from these. So, But it's, it's noticeable. All, all in all... Well, I was just going to say, all in all, there haven't been many loan signings yet, I think. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of clubs are holding on to players, aren't they, for a little bit yeah. longer than they normally would. Hayden White's still there. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if Zach Mills will maybe overtake him this season. Possibly, possibly. Um, how have they got on in pre-season? The friendlies haven't been too good. No. Uh, they got beat off Crystal Palace the other week. Uh, Aston Villa turned them over, I suppose that's to be expected. Uh, they give Kidderminster a bit of a shoo-in. Mm. Uh, Derby got a couple. and the, They got beat 2-0 at Cheltenham yeah. at, uh, over the weekend. But I think Cheltenham have kept much of their squad together in league. Yeah, they? Yeah, so I think yeah. they're going to be a solid team. Up yeah, there, yeah. Think. So yeah. no, I, I think Walsall, will, I think they'll do all right. I, I don't think they've quite got enough to be there yet. Mm. But with a little bit of a... If they're doing all right, maybe additions in January, you never know. Yep. Okay, then let's all together quick have a quick look through Cali Knight before we do our predictions and finish off the episode. Um, pre-season's gone okay, hasn't it? Considering the, the level of opposition and that kind of thing. We'd like to maybe have played a couple of better teams, but Mike, I'm, I'd argue I'm pretty happy with how it's gone. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're to compare to last season, obviously midfield is the same, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, Defence, possibly weaker. Um, but not I, as experienced is it yeah well I mean compared to say the start of last season before we signed Bennett there's an argument that it isn't any weaker uh, mm. you know because we still have McDonald, we still have Hayden you know and obviously the two Feeney don't you basically yeah and you know the two two fullbacks I think ne- you know if if they're fit and um, you know Tanner and Armour no issues there whatsoever Um but it's just a little bit of depth is the issue. But uh, up front, I think no one's going to argue when I say that our options up front are better than what we were had going into last season. Mm, I'm, I'm, hmm, I don't know about that. I think because we all know how good Coyote was and how important he was to how we played as much as anything. There's still some doubts about who's going to be starting up there. Is it going to be Manny? Is it going to be... Alessandra, is it going to be Abrahams? I still think we're not quite sure. We always knew mm. Coyote, if he was fit, was going to start last season. I think we always knew Patrick was likely to start as well. Yeah. It's, it's well, it, I mean, ones. it's it's not entirely clear what system we're going to go with if we're going to do no. the same 4-3-3. Or, I mean, Zach Clough has said he likes to play as a number 10. Yeah. So would we maybe go for that sort of 4-2-3-1 thing and have sort of him in behind or Alessandra in behind even? If you're putting Clough as a 10, does Mellish play? Yeah. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough, isn't it? On writing, Clough starts ahead of Mellish. So then maybe you play Clough on one of the wings and just tell him you've got a bit of freedom here. But then the the pressure's then maybe on someone like Mellish or Riley to cover that area. Or is this season where we see Mellish in his final form as a number nine and scores 40 <laughs> goals? <laughs> I think, are we, are, we, are we entirely in agreement then that, um, that, that basically Clough's the best signing of the summer for us? I mean, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I, I, I honestly, 
the fact we got him on a two-year deal, I think the conversation will have went, look, you've dropped down, sign a two-year, enjoy yeah. yourself. If you do us all right, we won't stand in your way next summer. You'll get your move, we'll get some money, everyone's happy. Yeah. Re- reading between the lines... I don't know if I'm looking too much into it here, but I think some of his injuries, I think it's sort of mental health a little bit. I think he sort of seemed to be suggesting he just wants to get back to playing with a smile on his face. Yeah. Which, you know... And, I and think he'd be more cautious about his next move, definitely, where it happens. Yeah, because I think some players, you know, they take knocks all the time, but if they're enjoying the football, they'll gladly play. But if you're not enjoying your football, you'll say, oh, I'm injured, I can't play this week. Do you know what I mean? And uh, But I think... We're, we're talking about Clough, but I think Abrahams or Abrams is a, a very good sign as well. You know, it's easy to sort of gloss mm. over that, but I think Clough, he's, he's going to score goals and create goals. And I think, given the right service, Abrams could well get a load for us. I don't think people realise how much football Abrams has played as well. Yeah, he's played mm. a lot. It, 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 At it's this level made, as well. It's made out as though he's only played a few games. I think he's got about 150 career games. And. Mm. Um, over a hundred are in League Two, the rest being all cups and that. You know, I'm like, you know, he's he's got a lot of football under his belt for his age. And mm. yes, I know he played out wide a little bit last season, but you know, it's he knows what it's about, eh? Definitely, mm. definitely does. Um, okay, lads, then let's let's move on to the uh, the bit everyone's been waiting for, the bit they get to mock us for. Um, <laughs> it's the predictions. Um, I have my notes. Okay, so here we go. So, first up, lads, uh, we'll do this in alphabetical order each time in terms of who says what. So, first up, champions, Dan, who are you going for? Tranmere Rovers. Oh, so you're not worried about the lack of striker there, then? No. I think think they might bring someone else in in time. Okay. Um, Me, I'm going to go, and our old friends at Heaven's Devils Podcast are going to be happy about this. Forest Green Rovers, I think, because I just think... (sighs) They've kept generally the core in. I think they'll get a couple more loan signings. And if they can keep Jamil Matt fit, I just can see them kicking on. I think they'll be champions. Mike? Yeah, well, I'm just going to be boring and say Salford and follow the bookies <laughs> thing. I think they've done enough now to sort of... They haven't gone too mad this summer. Um, they surely yeah. know what it's about now, don't they? Yeah, surely, yeah. Okay. Promoted, Dan, who are you going for? Uh, I've got the two teams promoted as Forest Green and Salford. Not not really amazing choices, but I'm with you on Forest Green. I think uh, they've kept the majority. They're, they've got they've got the setup. I think I think it's possibly their turn. And again, as as we've just said with Mike and Salford, there, you know, it's surely they know what it's about this time. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, Promoted, I'm going to go for. I've got the same top three, just in a different order to you, Dan. I've got Tranmere and Salford. Yeah. Again, like you, I just think Tranmere will get a striker in, or that lad from Liverpool will turn out to be decent. Yeah, yeah. And Salford, like I said, I, I think they won't quite have enough to be. I think I, I think in keeper they've weakened themselves. So I don't think King's as good as Akaldi. So yeah, I'm going for that as top three. Who are you going for, Mike? See, I'm mixing it up a little bit. I've gone for Forest Green and Bristol Rovers. So, oh. yeah, I, I mean, Bristol Rovers are one of them. They'll either be great or they won't. And, yeah, that, that's what I'm going for. Okay. Um, playoffs. And we want the winner as well. Dan, who are you going for? In 
alphabetical order. Yep, same for me. Yeah. Uh, Bradford. Yep. Carlisle. Yep. Mansfield. Yep. And Leighton Orient. Uh, okay. Okay. Decent, decent, decent selection. Um, I'm going to say. Who are you going to win it? W- winner. Well, I've got to say Carlisle. Got to be, hasn't it? Right. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to hear mine? Isn't this going to shock you? I've gone for Bradford. <laughs> I've gone for Carlisle. I've gone for Mansfield, and I've gone for Walsall as my third, fourth one, just, just to mix it up a little bit. I just think I think Taylor will have a decent run there. I really do. Um, and again, Carlisle's a winner, of course. Got to go for Carlisle. Mike, see, I've gone for Bradford. I've gone for Forest, uh, not Forest Green, um, Newport, hmm. um, us obviously, and Port Vale, and oh. obviously us to win. Oh, there you go. Wembley, Wembley. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, fair enough. Uh, relegated, Dan. Alphabetical order, Alderman Scunthorpe. Ooh. I'm nearly the same as you. I've gone for the other North Manchester club. I've got Rochdale and Scunthorpe. I just don't think Rochdale will sort their off-the-field issues out in time. And like you said, Scunthorpe just look weak. They really do look yeah, weak. Yeah. Mike? I've gone for Swindon and Oldham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think Swindon will just get enough in January. That's the difference I've got. I, th- I, th- I think with the relegation issue, it's going to take a few weeks to see where these, you know, your Oldhams, yeah. your Rochdales, your Swindons, where they're at come the end of mm. the transfer window. Yeah. And it might take them a few weeks to get going. And January will be big. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably one you could revisit come January. Yeah. Dark Horse is up next. Dan, what have you gone for there? Well, I've I've said Orient in the playoffs, so mm. Orient to my dark horse. I mean, I'd probably say Walsall for me, but actually, looking through, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, I think Stevenage might kick on again. Mm. They might be just outside the playoffs, but I just fancy them to do a bit better than people expect, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mike? Yeah, well, I, I opted for Stevenage, but I was mm. very close to putting Barrow but I opted for Stevenage. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Unexpected strugglers. A team that I think maybe people are expecting to do well, but will actually find themselves struggling down near the bottom. Who have you gone for? I've gone for a team that Mike's alluded it could be shit or bust, basically, and Bristol Rovers. Yeah. Mm. I just... The, the elephant in the room just hangs over them, you know. Mm. I mean, it shouldn't, but if it does... And I was speaking to a Bristol Rovers fan uh, a few weeks back and he said they were abysmal last season. They really were. I know they've had the clear out, they've bought them in, but with so many players, it might take time to click. Mm. Mm. Yeah. For me, I was very close to picking Exeter, but I just think they've always just got that little bit extra yeah. in terms of the youth. I mean, a lot of people are thinking Port Vale will do well and I think Clark actually might find it a bit tougher in his full season in charge. But actually, if I'm going to pick anyone, probably Northampton. I know they've got them around about mid-table. I think they could be right down near the bottom. Yeah, just because they've got that. an experienced yeah. manager. Yeah. Uh, Mike, who have you gone for? I've gone for Tranmere. I think oh. they're around about sort of fifth, sixth favourite with a lot of people. And I just think they're like a striker. I mean, they may bring one in yet, which would be a game changer. But as things stand, yeah, certainly them for me. Uh, top scorer. Dan, who are you going for? Zach Clough is going to rule this division. <laughs> he takes he takes penalties. Free kicks. There's there's mm. six, half a dozen already. He'll probably take three kicks. There's number two or three. You could be at double figures before he's 
scored a goal in normal play. Mm. That's a decent shout, that. My, uh, oh, who am I going to pick? Uh, this is a tough one. I think there's a, there's, there's a lot of decent shouts, but it's always something you don't expect quite often, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, I, I just fan, I don't know. I think I quite fancy Johnson and Mansfield to get a few. Danny Johnson, I'm going to have Mansfield. Oh, I, 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 I could see that because we're expecting a lot from Mansfield, aren't we? Yes, I, I can. I, I, I really can see him scoring a few. So I'm going to go Danny Johnson and Mansfield. Who are you going for, Mike? Well, I'm going to double down on my prediction that Bristol Rovers will do all right, and I'm going to say Brett Pittman. Ah, Brett Pittman. Okay, fair enough. That's what you're going for. Uh, first manager sacked. I haven't picked one on the basis that. There's three or four clubs who we don't know what's happening yet. Mm. Mm. And there's there's inexperienced managers kicking about. You know, one of them could just jack if something doesn't happen at a club. And I think it's it's a lot harder to predict. You were all expecting me to say Keith, weren't you? Yeah, you absolute <laughs> coward. Go on, say it. Go no, on, say no, it. no. <laughs> he'll, he'll keep it a job till the new year when it'll be too late. You, you lose points for that one then. Um, <laughs> I'm going for Cox at Scunthorpe. I just I think it's going to be a real nightmare for them. I really do, so I'm going for go for Neil Cox. Mike, who are you going for? Even though I said Salford will win the league, Gary Bowyer. <laughs> <laughs> be sacked and they'll bring someone who actually knows what they're doing finally. Gary yeah. Neville will take over and do it himself, won't he? The, yeah, the, f- the physio quit this week, didn't he? And uh, Apparently Neville had a right go on his LinkedIn about him. Saying basically, basically, outright, basically called him everything, but well, called him a snake without calling him a snake. Yeah, when you look at someone and you just don't trust them, and the letter goes in. That that sort of crack. Blimey. There you go. Well, finally, we're going to do a few little uh, Cal United-based predictions here. I think we sort of all know where we're going to finish. We all think we're going to finish in the playoffs and win yeah. it. So there you go. Don't have to do that one. Top scorer for United, Dan Zach Clough, clearly, because you've picked him to be yeah. top scorer in the division. And, and player of the season. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go Abrahams for us. A uh, little shout out. I, I think Sam Fishburne might get a few as well. You know, I think if he gets on a little run, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see you it. You would love to see him, wouldn't you? Play of the season, I mean, Zach Clough for me. I was like, Mike, you've got to pick your top scorer, haven't you? Yeah, that, right? well, top scorer, player of the season, I've gone Zach Clough for oh, there you go. Yeah. Double down. I'm sad for guessing you're the same, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm the same. I'm going to go with Zach Clough for player of the season, too. Uh, most improved. I, are you going to go for there, Dan? Uh, I'm. I'm going to go for Jack Armour. Uh, mm. I think he's on the upward trajectory. He started off as second choice. He got in the team. Uh, he played out of position. He played well. Uh, he looks as though he's grown again this summer. Mm. He's getting bigger and bigger. Like like I've said several times, I think he moves to centre-back eventually in a couple of years. But uh, he just... I think, I think Preston will really regret letting this lad go. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that in terms of regretting it. Um, I want to go for Josh Dixon, but I mean, it's starting from a very low point there, then that's the problem. So, mm, I'm going to go Gimme Turi. I think he's going to be most improved. I think you're going to see a different player this season. I really do. And I've been championing him all of pre-season. I think he looks a different player, looks happier. Gimme Turi is going to be my most improved player. Mike, who are you going for? I've gone for exactly the same. I think we've alluded to it in other episodes, haven't we, that I think the fans sort of roaring him on as he's one-on-one against an impact this season. And I think the attacking players around him, I think sort of, I think it'll definitely help him out. So, yeah, it's got to be Torre for me. Give me Torre. Uh, finally, lads, um, how do you think we're going to get on the FA Cup and the League Cup? Are your predictions rounds we're going to get to? Uh, FA Cup, I think everyone's happy if we make the third round and get a decent game. Yeah, I'd agree with uh, that. I think third round's 
capable. And League Cup, I think we've got a hard, hard game, haven't we? I think we'll make the second round. I think we will, because I just think Sheffield and I won't take it seriously. That's the flip side of it. But uh, I think we I think we might get... Uh, to be honest, are we really bothered? Because there's not the really big clubs in the second no. round anyway. No, definitely so. There you go. Mike, to round it up. Well, I've, got, I've gone both tournaments second round. I just yeah. think it'll be a season. I think we'll focus more in the league this season, uh, which will culminate in our obvious playoff final victory. Is, so. is that second round of the FA Cup where we go out to someone who then draw Man United away? Definitely. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. just written in the stars yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. There it goes. There you go. Well, that's it then, lads. It's been a bit of a slog, this one. It's going to be a two-parter, I think it's fair to say. So, ah, uh, put it hours a two-hour. Put a warning at the start. Hey, hey, Give brother, the people what they want. My brother will be able to do a marathon run listening to this one. He is, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. Um, so there you go, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, guys, for spending two hours with me talking about how things are going to go. This is, I think we're all excited, aren't we, for that first game against yeah. Colchester. And I think, to be honest, when you look at the start we've got, it's not a bad one to have, is it? Them and Swindon, the first two games. Was, you know, touch wood here, famous last words, but of all the starts we could have had, I think most people would have been pretty happy with that, wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sums it up pretty well. Right, uh, as ever, guys, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle, by email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. You'll find us on Facebook as well. Uh, we've got our own Facebook page now. And we're always on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook page, having a crack about all things Cali Knights. If you want to mock our predictions and tell us we're wrong, <laughs> feel free, feel free, do it as much as you want. Just make sure you subscribe and make sure you give us a good review as well uh, on the in the usual places wherever you get your podcast. Lads, thanks very much for your time on this Sunday night. And uh, let's look forward to the game next week. Up the Blues. Up the Blues. Up the blues.